Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 61. In this episode, it's going to be a group podcast. And on this one, I had Henri Skiba, owner of Skiba's Gym in New Jersey, Rachel Foster, who is a power lifter, has a few people underneath her, and she works a tech job by day. Jacob Ross, as you know, co-founder of Smart Strength. Uh, and of course, trained a million <laughs> uh, NFL pro bowlers and NBA all-stars, etc. Grayson, Losey, um, special strengths uh, certified coach, uh, spent three months as an intern at Westside. I got to do a solo podcast with him now that I think about it. Well, we, we actually talked about that before he, he got off this one. Um, Alex Lewis goes by Elevation, uh, what is it? Elevation Training Co. on Instagram. Um, he's the guy that actually handles all my FRC stuff, functional range conditioning, for those of you that don't know. Um, and he trains a few, I believe, powerlifters, jiu-jitsu, and strongmen. Um, and, and myself. So, hope you guys enjoy. A lot of really cool coaches on this podcast. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get it. Let's get clean. With Dan Bell a little bit. Um, I do a little bit of his, uh, like prehab and rehab. Right. And you're talking about Dan has the highest, you know, total all time in, you know, raw with sleeves, raw with wraps. And what I did with Dan was I made him start doing prehab. I made him start doing TKEs and banded hamstring curls and, and, you know, hip circle walks and try banded tricep extensions and stuff that everybody on here sounds really basic. And you're talking about a guy who's literally the strongest person of all time within his category, he wasn't even doing that stuff. He was just squatting yeah. and deadlifting. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, like, and he was like, oh, I feel so much better. You know, I feel so much better. And it's like, yeah, of course you do. But I think that's where it's on us as, as ambassadors and people who understand, you know, what it really takes um, to keep pushing it forward in that way. There's a kid in my gym. He's uh, he's probably early 20s. And, you know, early 20s, you think you know everything and you can do straight weight all the time. He comes in every Friday <laughs> night to pull straight weight only and his hip was starting to bother and i'm starting to bother him he's like oh i'm getting weaker i'm getting old and i'm like you just need a variation like one stop stop using straight weight every friday night and change some shit up and he 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 just won't he just won't do it i think my i think my deadlift is 50 pounds less than his and he's like 24 25 i'm i'm 43 like that doesn't make any sense And you probably well, feel better than him too. That's too. yeah. I'm not sore. I mean, I'm sore, but I'm not like I can walk. He's he's yeah. he's broken. You know, <laughs> he doesn't listen. He tried to help me. Hey, Khalil, can you hear me yet? Yeah, Henry, we can hear you. All right, can man. you hear us? This is Henri. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, uh, you see me now too. I you just uh, turn the camera off. <laughs> Yeah, you keep Literally. turning it on and off. I keep seeing you. <laughs> when I, you have two, but you have two Henry Skivas that I let it. I don't know why. Okay, I, I dropped one, right? <laughs> what happened was, uh, it, it happened <laughs> you dropped the one before. that had the video though. Now you, oh. now you have the one that, now you're on the one that we can't see you. Turn, oh, just turn man. your in your bottom in your bottom left. I think it should show a little X through the camera. Just just tap it so it, it comes back on. Hey Al, can you put the code in here, please? I'll be up. I'll be up in a minute, guys. I apologize. It gave me some kind of uh, basically what it said. I, I had some kind of parental control. I'm 64 and I gotta be have parental control. 
I'll, I'll get back to you guys in a minute. All right. Oh, I showed you All right, here we go. Let's see. Hell, can you put this ID meeting? It's right here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, what I was going to say is like, you know, <laughs> with this guy in your gym, if he keeps lifting long enough, he'll start using variations and bands and chains. You know, I was, um, when I was in LA, that safety like, bar six years ago, <laughs> um, and, like Barbell Brigade was starting to become a, a, a kind of a trendy gym for this like newer age of like raw powerlifting. And like Steve Gentile was in there and like Hulk Smash and huge Asian guy, like all these guys who were, you know, um, Tiapapula was in there, like all these guys who were smashing the raw, you know, kind of bigger records. And they were all straight bar, straight bar, straight bar. And then you watch them over the last few years, you start seeing deficits, you start seeing slingshots, you start seeing board presses because you get beat up. It's like Louis said, right? Like you have to find answers. Like you have to find this it. Is, uh, and I think they, don't people, they just don't find it until they have to find it. That's yeah. the problem. When they want they to keep going lose. and they can't because it hurts too much. And then they're like, okay. But he watches, there's so many conjugate lifters there. He watches us. And it's like, oh, oh, that's dumb. Oh, that's dumb. you must be you must be on drugs. That's dumb. That's dumb. And we're all like, what's wrong with you? Like, just come to the dark side. But it's the USAPL attitude that <laughs> going to get me going on that. It's that USAPL attitude where they're you know can't possibly do conjugate or USAPL. Oh, they're too fucking self righteous. <laughs> I can't bars. stand it. They don't even I use it. What the hell is that shit? I know. Why does it now, I don't understand. <laughs> now you see me, right? Yeah, we see yes, yes. Now, don't All right. on that damn computer. Just leave it like that. <laughs> Listen, guys, when I hear about that USBAL, man, I'm going to roll for a while on that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they hate us. They oh, hate West Iron. I hope you guys don't mind. Do you mind if I jump in for a second and jump on this? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. All right. I'll never forget years ago when I walked in the USBAL meet and I came in with my West Side sneakers, West Side shirt on, and one of the bravest guys over there said, Oh, this guy's a West Side guy. He must be on drugs. They can't <laughs> fathom possibly lifting the weights that we lift or train like we do without without using steroids or so forth. They don't they don't realize there's so many things with restoration and, and the way we wave and everything else that makes up for so many things like that. And so, the strong tendons, the strong joints, just the way that we train and the accessories we do and the volume we do and how we do the volume, like that builds up your tendons, just your joints, your muscles, everything gets pumped and that restores everything. And they exactly. just can't wrap their heads around it. Something throwing something else at you too. Like uh, one of the things that people don't realize it takes a while to build up to that volume and so forth, especially because the first time I started doing, I, cause I go back 35 years with this. And one of the things that Louie taught us in the beginning, when we started doing dragging, you know, we all wanted to include dragging mm. and with our mentality is the first thing we did, we started dragging once a, once a week and all of a sudden by three weeks we were driving five days dragging in a week and he said no what you do is in order to increase your and to get up to that volume is you just add little by little you know you're building like it's a domino it's like a an effect when you're building a jenga thing you don't just simply throw all the things at once you simply add piece by piece and that's what makes the conjugate system work so well yep yep percent Yep. Man, I wish I wish I wish I knew you guys. You guys were close to man. You would love our little place up here. So, where are you? Where are you at? Uh, I'm in. Uh, it's in Conrad, New Jersey. It's right by Newark Airport. And uh, 
I'm gonna, I can't, I'm so happy to get involved that Khalil actually invited me to get in with you guys because I lived this my whole life. And I know I go back to the beginning of powerlifting when nobody knew what powerlifting was. Like, I mean, like I said, I was a powerlifter. People had no idea what the hell, oh, you're an Olympic lifter. No, I'm not an Olympic lifter. <laughs> I'm doing a whole different thing. And so I go that far back and it, it really, it really makes me happy to see everybody involved. And one of my biggest pushes is I do a lot of things. I run a lot of meets for women. I run a program called Women of Power that is basically just pulling women in because I really believe in that. I mean, like, you know, getting everybody involved. It does so much for our enhancement of our strength and also our, our psychological strength and so forth. I'm a 43-year-old cancer survivor. I'm squatting over 300. 43. That's fantastic, man. Benching 200. Man, I'll, I'll Pulling over 400 at 43. I, and I'd be, I almost died. It was a very long five-year battle. And yeah. conjugate has been, it changed my entire life. My, my, my training partner, um, Mike Lanty, introduced me to conjugate. Changed my whole life. And you know what you see? Listen. We see partners who? Okay. Uh, Mike Galanti, do you know who that is? He's been in he's been in the game like twenty five years. Okay. Where's he's you, been where around where forever. We're we're in the Boston area. Oh Boston, okay. I yeah. got a friend of my uh, Josh from Josh. Uh, you know Josh? Uh, big Josh. He's um I can uh, I forgot what his last name is. A big powerless right by the Boston area. There's a couple, there's a lot of guys and I actually used to run around in the New England area for a while in New Hampshire, but you know, that used to be real big of powerlifting, but it's not like it is anymore. I don't think. It's coming back though. Anthony, but, uh, Anthony's doing APF listen. up there now. Anthony who? Olivia. Oh, Olivia. Yeah. yeah. He just became uh, the New Hampshire chair. Oh, okay. And did, where, is this gym in Connecticut? No, they gym? just bought, they just bought a gym in New Hampshire. Oh. New Hampshire. Okay. That's where it was. Okay. You know, that's why you're He's a good dude. Yeah. Ooh, Anthony? Yeah, I like Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Good lifter, go too. Weekend. Real good lifter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got some numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> 1,100 pound squat. <laughs> yeah. I like his gear, though. Uh, his, um, like his shirts and stuff. I got some of his shirts. His, his stuff is nice. Everything with like the Grim Reaper and stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. They hate it's it. Good. They hate it. I was saying it's such a good one. <laughs> um, you think it's hey, gonna make it back? There he is. You said what? Kind of. Andre, is he is he back? He was I'm back. Yeah, okay. I haven't okay. left I'm back. It seems like oh, the your internet is down out. back and forth. Um, do me a favor. Everybody, just go around and just tell me how Louis and Westside just you know impacted your life and you know uh, positively you know career wise all that stuff. You, Rachel, you want to go first? Oh, geez, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see you, that's why. Especially if you just tape rage, it's going to be all over. <laughs> Ladies first, no, I guess. No pressure. <laughs> uh, for me, living in the conjugate system, I've been running conjugate since 2018. And my meet in 2018, I squatted 175. I think I benched 95 pounds and pulled 280. And three years later, I'm 300, 200, 400. That's my Just three years man. At, yeah, mm-hmm. 43. So we uh we went out to, to go You're training at West. 43. You kidding me, yeah. man? I know. I think we I don't, don't get don't get stronger till later, man. I'm telling you right I know. now. My 40s, like you're I think you're strongest in your 40s, honestly. Yeah. 
we yeah. went out we went out to west side last february we went out for a weekend and um i was terrified by the way i went we were four in the morning we're in the parking lot and lou's looking at us mm-hmm. my trainer oh, partner yeah. mike my trainer partner mike went to go say hi to him and i was like i'm just gonna wait till we go inside i was so scared <laughs> and then louis uh louis looked at him and was like hey uh who you got a girl with you and he was like yeah how much you squat three okay so we go inside and he's staring at me and I was like, hi, thanks for letting us, you know, be at your gym. And he ended up being the nicest person ever. And he saw, oh, you know, I had technical oh issues my God. in the squat that he just wanted to, he was like the nice, most welcoming, human, not at all what I expected from him. He was just so welcoming. And so he was watching me deadlift and he, I finished deadlifting and he was, you know, waiting to go out to breakfast with us. And he goes, he goes, you have a big pool for a big person. And he goes, don't, don't be offended though. I was like, I'm not offended. <laughs> There's a, a lot to put down in the hole. It's fun. I got tiny arms. And then we just started talking about everything and like, you know, trying to figure out why he hated the slingshot, which put him on a rant. He was pretty pissed about that. And why he hated Wait, the what, do you say, what, do you, what did he say about the slingshot? I never heard he, that. He, 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 I don't want to repeat it in public. I'll tell you on Instagram. <laughs> Maybe it's a Mark. Oh, well, well, I have, yeah, okay. that's, right, that's right. True. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little backstory there, I guess, that I don't, I don't want to repeat. But yeah, he, he literally changed my life. And now in my gym, I'm, I'm helping a lifter. She's 43. Um, she has been training for a very long time as a bodybuilder, wanted to get stronger, wanted to do a meet. She did her first meet and had a, I think she squatted 275, bench 145, and pulled, I think she was 270 or 280 that day. So she was so close to three. She had 300 in her at the meet that day, but she had never done a contest before. So now, you know, lifters, there's teenage boys in the gym that come up to me for help. So he's changed the entire strength community within my local gym. And people, you know, message me on Instagram and ask how to use bands and chains. How do I do this? How do do I do that? And there's a whole crew. We kind of bounce things off of each other all the time. My trainer partner, Mike, we bounce things off of each other all the time. He, He changed everything for me. Just that one weekend in person. He is, and, and all of us, I'm not going to cut it at any time, but I've seen him do things with, like, little kids, and, and like, he uh, he used to live, the original West Side was right by a tenement, and they had little kids that absolutely had nothing, and Louie would always go out of his way. they call him, Uncle Louie, Uncle Louie, can we have money for ice cream? Kind of soul. Him, you see people on the streets, I see him go up to people that people were, I mean, you wouldn't go up to them, but they were like, they're like bums or transits, whatever you want to call them. And you see Louie go up to him and just stick a few bottles in the pocket and say, stay warm and get yourself something to eat. I can't, I can't say enough about the man. I get choked up when I talk about him. The kindest is, soul. The kindest soul. But in the gym, we talk about him like, you know, rough. <laughs> I'm going to let you go back to your time, but I'll tell you a story later on when it was my time. So I can tell you about, uh, it's not exactly the same thing when you go train with, with the boys. <laughs> My God Almighty! Oh I, I wanted to go. I, I wanted to run home to Cotteret. But uh, Rachel, let me hear more about you. We were. I just want to. I just want to finish up with this. We were. Um, we were doing dynamic effort lower, which in our world, Louis' dynamic effort lower is like a max effort for us because it's just insane band tension, just pushing the right. limits every freaking rep. And we went out to lunch. We went out to breakfast. Came back, and the later crew was was doing dynamic effort, but they were doing doubles to a box. And I looked over at Lou and I was like, how come we had to do fives and they're doing doubles? And he goes, because they're lazy. And I was like, cool, mm-hmm. call me lazy. I'm going to go back now. I did, five, I did five by five for a year after that. And then I started to get tired. So I went back to doubles. I'll go <laughs> back and forth. 
<laughs> but you walk around his gym, like his gym is literally his brain just in a physical form. If you walk around, like his brain was all all over the fucking place. And you walk around mm-hmm. the gym and it's all over the fucking place. And then you look at it, you look at him and you're like, wait a minute, the, this gym is your brain in real life. That's all it is. <laughs> that's very, that's excellent. Excellent comparison. It's true though. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, Jacob, you want to go next? Sure. Yeah, I'll go. Um, so my story is a little different because I found I found Westside through sports performance as opposed to powerlifting. Um, when I was at when I was at TCU uh, for undergrad, my professor used to work uh, for Arthur Jones, and he was wow. helping design Nautilus equipment. And mm-hmm. so uh, I learned a lot about kind of high intensity training. But it really turned, I think, told me, taught me a lot about intensity. And then when I, when I moved to Chicago to work at EFT, the guy who owned the gym was a uh, Louis follower, a Parisi follower, and a DeFranco follower. And, you know, he's, he's from that older school generation. He had the actual handbooks, right, he did, and the VHS tapes. Um, and, it's, and, and within a year, I was promoted general manager at that place. And I started diving really hard into Louis's writings and, and to all the podcasts, all the articles, anything I could find, because I wanted to learn. I, I really thought that everything that I saw from, from the guy who owned the gym in terms of things he was talking about, they really came from Louis. When you started like looking into it, this is like the right. Franco, all this other stuff. It's just, it's variations of what Louis did. And so I was like, well, let me go back to the source and just really dive into it. And, you know, basically... I, I changed our gym. We did a max effort uh, upper lower day. We did a dynamic effort day. We did a reps upper day. And this is for athletes specifically. And I started tweaking those, those dynamic days to include more sumo pools, more banded pools, supersetting stuff with jumps, um, you know, more sled work, like a lot of stuff that's, that's very Louie, but unless you go back and you, you understand the world, you didn't know it. And, and coming out of college, I didn't know it at the time. And as I shifted all that, and, and again, I was running the gym and I was in charge of programming for all of our big athletes. You know, during my time there, we, we had nine, um, nine NFL pro bowlers. We had a two-time NBA all-star. We had a collegiate athlete in every single national championship in one year, track and field, football, basketball, lacrosse, rowing, like take your pick. And I really attribute all that back to the system that Louis developed. And also I think his ability to, to allow you to think for yourself because some of these people out here say it has to be this, this, and this. And, and Louie was such into try it. This is the, this is the form. This is the structure, but then tweak it, find what works, keep pushing, keep trying, keep finding what works. And then I, I was able to visit Westside in 2018 with a friend of mine, um, Michael Headley, who trained there for a little bit in the nineties. He was a thrower. Mm-hmm. And now he has a gym called uh, North state barbell in Chico, California. Um, but Michael invited me to come out and we were there for about four days. Um, and and you know, I can, I can talk, you know, the same as you guys about how kind he was and, and how giving he was and, and how much you want to come back to the gym later. And yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, let's go to dinner and, and, and just always, it, it's just such an example for, I think a lot of us in our world, we, we kind of get to this thing where we're so busy and we are, but taking that time to pass on and, and taking that time to help and, um, so I just, I just, I really thank Louis for, you know, serving as the basis of my entire career, because I don't think anything that, that I was able to, to program would not have existed if it didn't come from him. 
And certainly none of it was my own idea. It's all diluting down stuff that he championed and stuff that he figured out. And I just know that, that I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for him. And I'll just give one Louis story. Um, when I was at Westside, he was watching me bench and he goes, Jacob, you know what your fucking problem is? Right here. Right, here. <laughs> right to your fucking eyes. And you look at me fucking eyes. <laughs> Uh, My God. <laughs> but uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, and I'm grateful. And the community, right? When you really start diving into this community, again, the, the you know, in West Side versus the world, you see it where, you know, when people roll, West Side rolled into a meet, people are like, oh, shit, right? And like, you look at this community, and I think all of us as competitors have that in us when we go to train, and you know, where you flip that switch and it's time to go. But outside of it, I think, you know, it's developed this community of people who are just loving and giving, and it's a great place to be, and I'm grateful to be here, for sure. Wow. Well said. What about you, Grayson? Um, so my experience with, with Westside, I interned there for about three and a half months, and one, one of the first times, like, when I, when I met him, first thing he asked me was, what do you deadlift? What's your deadlift? And I'm like, <laughs> 650, 198. He's like, all right, Whoa. that's pretty good. that was that was like our first ever conversation but um like like you guys said i could go on and on about how kind he was and how he took the time to to care and pass on the knowledge but like you know the biggest thing i I would say about him is he taught you how to think outside of the box yeah you had to follow the methodology the way that you know like he was kind of all on and off with the book of methods and stuff i know we were talking earlier about how some of the stuff didn't line up with with some of the stuff that he, he had put in text but I definitely feel like he made you think outside of the box. So like, yeah, not everything's a cookie cutter style program. Like each athlete has to be individualized. I know for me, when we were box squatting, he always told me like, for some reason for like guys with longer femurs, he said, don't use chains on those guys. They don't work the same as they do with short guys on chains. And, you know, that was one of the things that stuck with me. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But he, he definitely like, it was just little things like that, that, you were like, okay, it's not a one size fits all approach. You can customize it based on the individual. And um, main thing too, was like working with kids. Like he always, he told me like, you know, make them do a lot of jumps, a lot of band work. And he was like, they don't necessarily need to do a lot of barbell work. Um, he was just, you know, he, he was very like, very. Just yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, did, just did he see why the chains? Oh, sorry to miss up on you. Did he say no, why the fine. chains don't work? For long um, he said for the long for some of this long femurs on a box squat the reason that it doesn't work is because like you don't get the same load so you know how like you unrack it and like you get all that tension to the top then it deloads at the bottom well he said the way it works with people with like longer femurs like it doesn't like hit the same as it does with a shorter person and depending on the box height and their strength of their hip so like i think when i first started like my hips weren't real strong so he had me using a little higher box so i don't know i don't know if maybe that was part of it too like maybe the chains were, it was kind of defeating the purpose because the box was higher and you really weren't getting the, the same effect that you would without a lower box. But um, that was just, you, you know, Louie, he kind of like, he went on a yeah. rant about it, so. <laughs> Do you ever but, do uh, that with people why? with long arms in the bench? <laughs> right, I know, long arm people in bench. <laughs> we never got on that. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, from a, you know, just thinking about it, you know, bands, the taller you are, the more tension you get, right? But right. for a chain setup, unless you've got extra chain, like, cause I, you know, some of the guys that I work with, you know, 6'10", 7 foot, 
I don't have chains long enough. Or if you actually hang it, if you hang it so they're actually touching at the bottom, they're they've unloaded the chain in their first four inches of their squat. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it ends up just being a free weight squat. I mean, that's that's just hearing you say that, that's what I think about is those guys specifically. Like it just unloads so quick. You're not getting that full you know, link by link kind of pressure that you get. Yeah, but that's shorter. where you use that, that chain in the middle that you can set that with. That's how you sure. address that. Yeah. What about you, Alex? I don't know, but his damn video's off. Uh, I was just on mute. You don't have to hear the gym noise. So oh. I started with, uh, <laughs> I come from like, my whole family grew up with performance stuff, but it was drag racing. So my grandma was a drag racer when I was young and stuff like that. So I've always been a performance-based background type of person. And when I had to come back after COVID and rebuild my clientele, I started my own business and I wanted to train athletes. And instead of going the, you know, four-year route of going to college and doing all that other shit, I had a coworker that actually interned at Westside. And he said, yeah, take the special strengths course. So that's when I got introduced to actually all of the teachings that we had. I knew who he was before that, but it was six months of getting those books and then having to fucking read every day, which I'm probably most grateful for that he gave me that habit. Like that is the one thing that I'm taking with me from that certification that I have to use, you know, all the time now. And it just helps with everything. But between reading all those books and then putting it to practice on myself while I did that for, you know, the six months while I was studying, I noticed how much my body changed and how much stronger I was getting. And then all the things that he talked about really stick with me because everything I've ever done is look for extreme winners. Like, what are the best people that were to do these things? Whether it was Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, now Louis, Westside, and all the powerlifting stuff. So that's what drew me to it, right? Is having the ability to make super freaks. Like, that's what I was shooting for. So that's what drew me to everything that he did. And then the way I listened to my coworker talk about his internship there, and then the way it read through the books, I was like, holy shit, this guy, I would fit right in in this guy's gym. Like, just the shit talking, the fucking being an asshole, the pushing as hard as you can. And then doing it intelligently. So I always enjoyed like going and learning all this stuff. My coworker would always ask me, well, why? Why do you do that? Why do you do this? And it's not, you don't have to do it a specific way if you have a reason for why you're doing it. And if it provides you with results, well, then you have an even more of a reason to keep doing it, right? Um, so I unfortunately never actually got to go to website or meet him. I was planning on doing that this summer. And then obviously this all happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Henry, you're up. Andre, Andre, or Andre. <laughs> All right. First of all, let me tell you how I was drawn to Louis. Uh, I was in a game already for a while before I ever met Louis. And one of the things that he did was I was able to put together my own system that basically you do with training. And when I met him and I read Westside the first time, I said, this guy was able to put all this knowledge into a usable template for anybody to use. And I said, it was brilliant. Then when I went there, it was a whole different world. I went out there and I just totally, and I listened to every single thing he did, he did, everything he said, because he was the most incredible teacher I ever met in my life. He could look at anybody, anything, and just analyze them and make them better. He was, he was, a, he was a genius at that. And one of the biggest things that came out of me one of my first trips to Westside was how he impacted me. Louis, you know, never wanted any dead, dead wood around. And he also said that, you know, if you, if you run with the lame, you, you start to develop a limp, okay? That goes back a long way. So when I went back to the gym, I said, I told the guys, either you follow the way or get the fuck out. And that's what happened. I actually kicked half of the gym members out. They're pissed because I said, listen, here's what you need to do to succeed. Some of the things we we, we did and they let go in, in different gyms is 
When you're a training partner, you're more than just a partner. You're a coach. You're a person that analyzes what your what your partner's doing so that when they're doing something different that doesn't work, you have to do something with it. You have to tell them and teach them. And you not just see people sit around like now. I go into a gym and I see them uh, um, on their phones or not even spotting the person. That's ridiculous. That person, the people I have to bring around, I'm, I'm starting to get loud. I'm sorry. I'm very emphatic, very passionate about this. I make people, they're either involved or get out. And that's why I only have like 60 to 80 people in my gym now. I had a gym where I had 2,000 members. And when I came down to this and I started doing the West Side type thing again, I keep people around me that want to really work, that want to succeed and believe. And so he impacted my whole life. I mean, like he, he said, get out there, compete, and also be a role model for all the other kids because I get out there and do everything I can do. And uh, that's how Lou basically impacted me. And, and for life, we became best friends. And, and, uh, and so my whole goal now is they always call me an ambassador. I'm even going to push harder. And all these people are doing these different programs and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is my way, and that's what I believe in. I guess I'm, I'm last. Um, yeah, for me, you know, I think like, like so many people, uh, I mean, I don't know if I would have been a strength coach and number two, would I be nearly as good as I am and continue to try to strive for if it wasn't for Louie? I mean, like I talk to people all the time. It's like, no matter the system you use, where you're at in the world, like people are using reverse hypers, people are using belt squats, people are using inverse curls, all this stuff. People are now every squat rack has uh, band attachments, chain attachments, because we could see how beneficial board pressing, pin pressing, box squatting, all this stuff. Like exactly. elite FT, elite FTS, um, Matt Winning's gym. Um, even I didn't even know about Sornex. Had it was they the original guy. He was going going to Westside. Um, Donnie, all these so many big lifters and gyms and everything's been impacted. And it's like if it wasn't. For Louis, so many of us would have never either got into it or would <laughs> never know what have been one of these bullshit artists telling athletes oh, no, squat yeah. on Bosu balls, you know, <laughs> like, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, and I think, you, you know, it's such, it's such a cool thing for Louis to have been such a hardcore person when it came to training, but be so giving outside of that. And there's so many people that like talk about like, oh, I do this and do that, but it's like, do you help anybody out though that ain't paying you? Like, are you giving anything away? You know, because you never know when the person that's in your same shoes just needs a little bit of help to get to that point. You know, so you know, I think whether the, I believe the gym is going to stay open. That's like my, that's what I I, I believe is going to happen. But all all the girls told me all that the yesterday people, when I talked to her, she said that that, that what is going to stay open. Yeah, I talked to her because yeah. you know they contemplate really closing it. Really? Did yeah. they? That's what Doris that was said. Doris. She must Doris is okay. She's strong. She's a strong woman. But her and I talk because we are in a very similar situation that, uh, you know, both my wife and I have been together for 40 some years, like Doris mm-hmm. and Louie. And they were, they were the cutest couple ever together. And they depended on each other a lot. And he loved her. And they were just a funny pair. I mean, like, each of them had the roles in the business. Like, you know, Louie, what he did was, and several times I used to call Doris up and say something to her, like, uh, you know, can you ask Louie something about me for, uh, you know, 
do you have that in the gym or in the business? He says, he doesn't know anything about that. He, he, <laughs> he cares about his lifters and the gym. And that's Louie. Money, none of that. He could care less about that stuff. That was like my place. My place is my place to train, and that's it. And he was he was all he was that passionate about it. Yeah, so I mean, you know, being that even with it not being Louis, like I think he's impacted so many people that are going to be passing on the knowledge. So, you know, I can't remember. I think it was Mark talking about all these fakos. Uh, talking about oh yeah that who's gonna be the next Louis and it's like I don't, there's never gonna be another Louis no. but there's gonna be no. so many people that can pass on the knowledge that he brought the passion that he brought and and what it really means to be dedicated to giving knowledge to other people and you know not thinking all about yourself like people that you know like he was dedicated to his own training but you best believe he was going to give the shirt off his back to the next person. So, oh. you know, that's something that, you know, I, I feel like uh, I had an extra boost in training. And when I was training the kids, like, you know, how you are when you train the damn kids, you fucking tired. They ask you the same damn question for the minute of damn time. But like, you know, Louis, like at the back of your head, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta, I, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do, you know? So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful that because of him, I've, uh met so many of these great guys like you you guys um all because of these like-minded no bullshit artists you know people and i and i love that there's so many other facets like all the nasm type people and the polygon type people and i feel like i feel like the conjugate people are the most hated but but at the same oh, yeah. time it's funny we're the most <laughs> giving i feel like so it's a very interesting concept that you could be the like most hated and respected the... at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. yes it's yes, so, yes, isn't yes. it the weirdest thing ever? Like yeah. <laughs> people hate on you, but then they respect you and ask for your help. And you're like, but you just hated on me four days ago. <laughs> Buy my manual. Look at us all strangers trying to get together and trying to, you know, trying to get the information out there. You know, like I, I don't, Khalil and I just, you know, met on, on the internet and I, and he talked about doing this and you guys now, you're all friends now, man. I mean, like I have other people for resources and we keep going out there and we continue to learn. I think that's the whole thing that the conjugate way is continually learn and changing what works and getting rid of what doesn't work. Yeah. I'll come out to Jersey yeah. someday, Henry. I'll come out. I, it's only like four man, hours. I've had, listen, I have people come all the time and I welcome you. And I'm just so serious about it because this is like a, I'm, I was 35 years a special ed teacher. I'm doing what I really, really enjoy now. You know, I just, I, I just little gym, 3,000 square foot gym. And, and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make a dime. My wife just says, it's your place to train no matter what, no matter what. She gets it. She gets <laughs> it. Yeah, well, I'll be, I'll be up there. It's either going to be, it's going to be between June and, June and August. Cause we're going to go up to see, jacob as jacob knows in probably may but then we're gonna go to new york so you know i'm gonna try to get probably try to get some more people just because like well like rachel and grace and i haven't met you I, guys you know there's there's a lot of people i haven't met so. if i could afford it because uh laura phelps is coming uh june june 11th for a seminar and you guys come on up and you'll be my guest all right i don't really know what she does with that but i'm i'm just gonna try and take care of you all right yeah if i'm just telling you if she's yeah. good her her, her her thing and and uh 
I'm bringing her out to, you know, cause I want women, I want to really start producing more and more women. And, uh, I, I told you, man, I just, a lot of my guys, you know, say to me, Oh, how come you're not doing guys? I, I just feel compelled to do this. I really just enjoy it. Yeah. Guys, guys, they think they know it everything in a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I, you know, when I was, well, that's school, what my was kids like, do. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in I high mean, school, this was like 90, 1994, 95, maybe. My, my bad, 1995. There was a sign outside the gym, the weight room that said, No girls allowed. Oh, yeah. So I couldn't at yeah, my bro, high school. What? <laughs> I at my high school. I had to go pay you to go to a gym to go in the weight room. And even then, it wasn't, you weren't welcomed back then. It's, it hasn't been that long that females <laughs> have been celebrated in the weight room. Like, if you think no, about it. No sense. And why is it women are way better at training than any guy? What is that about? No, no, you're all not training. The easiest to train. We have a lot of grit. A lot of grit. I think we can just handle pain a lot better than you guys are a bunch of babies. I mean, I love you all, but <laughs> I think girls can That's just handle fact. pain a lot better. You come, shit. you come talk shit at our gym. I love it. My training partner right now is Marta Gress. She's a female, has been into it only for a year, but she's, you know, she's old as she's 42. And already after three months, she set like a couple world records. This girl is shit, blood, or mud, man. She calls me all the time. Honest <laughs> to God, I feel like she's like, oh. Somebody that can do that, get you motivated. I'm never gonna miss because I ain't gonna let her have one up on me ever. <laughs> I'm a hook grip puller, and the guys that I train with can't pull hook because it's too painful. I'm like, you all have no grip. <laughs> it hurts my thumb. Shit. Yeah, I was just gonna say to to your point. Um, you know, I would like I would say like when, when, if people ask you that consistently, you know. I would say, well, when, when have women ever been championed, you know, as equal as men, right? Like, when have they ever been given the attention? So it's, it's so necessary. And, um, it, and also to y'all's point, people used to ask me, like, you know, who is your favorite person to train? And they used to always assume I would say, like, one of these NFL guys or whatever. And it was actually a woman that I trained named Asia Evans who meddled right. in, bobs- in bobsled. She was a track athlete. She converted to bobsled after she graduated from college. And... Asia um, would do, and like any of my female athletes, they were early, whatever you ask them to do. Yep. No problem. I could say, you know, we're going to pull a sled for an hour. Okay. No problem. I don't care. Reverse like, hybrid. Go, I know you got a reverse hybrid story on her that she ain't bitching. Oh about my gosh. It's always oh a reverse God. hybrid. Girl's like, all right, cool. Oh my Dude's gosh. like, wait, more than 10 reps? Whoa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but you know, like we had a we had a college um, we had a college female athlete group at our gym, and that was always my favorite group to train because they were so dedicated, and it wasn't about the BS. You know, it's funny women get this this label of like they're about drama, and, and I think guys are just about as much as girls are. I'm no kidding. And, absolutely. <laughs> and, and absolutely. This, group, this group was all about the training. That's all they cared about. And you know, Asia Asia did a I've got a video of it. She did a um, a, she did a standing 54 inch box jump and you're talking about a 170 pound woman. And one day um, ESPN was shooting, ESPN was shooting in our gym about Asia getting ready for the Olympics. And her brother, Fred was on the Vikings and Fred um, wasn't having his best day. And we were doing some box squatting and Asia box squatted 405, no belt, no sleeves, no anything to a box. And Fred bombed out on it as an NFL player. And like Asia was one of the, the most athletic people I ever trained. Um, and, and to your point, Khalil, about the reverse hyper story, I was training a woman once 
And I, I had uh, told her, hey, we're going to go. She had been doing one plate on each side on the reverse hyper. I said, you know, we're going to go um, to two plates. Somehow or another, I'm not sure how she got to this math, but she ended up, maybe she was thinking two and two equals four, and she put four plates on each side of the reverse hyper. Wow. And she didn't ask me. I wasn't there. She didn't text me or call and say, hey, are you sure we're going from one plate you know, or two plates total to eight plates total? Like, no, she just did it. <laughs> and then the next day, she called me and she's like, I'm really sore. Like, I mean, I'm moving okay, but I just, I don't think I've ever been this sore. I said, what are you talking about? Like, you know, your volume didn't change that much. It wasn't like we started a new bar or a new wave or anything. And she said, well, you know, you, you bumped up that reverse hyperweight. And I said, yeah. I said, you're smashing that one plate on each side. I wanted to go to two. Said, you're just flopping around. There's no point. Like, you need some stimulus. She's strong. And she's like, oh, you meant two each side. I'm like, what did you do? She's like, I did four each side. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, How many reps? Like two. She was doing sets of 10. I don't know how she did it. I don't, I mean, Alex, I wasn't there. Like, I don't know. But, but to your point, like, like women just get it done. Like Asia would just get it done. I mean, I have video of Asia, you know, when they're on the bobsled uh, world cup, they're in Switzerland or wherever. And they, they have uh, trailers with barbells, squat racks, medicine balls in it. And that's all they hit. A lot of times it's all they have for a gym because they're in these remote skiing villages or whatever. And, you know, it's 10 degrees outside. She's in a parking garage you know, doing box squats and, and, and box jumps, you know, she just oh, gets so it done. Awesome. And so many guys would just be like, yeah, you know, oh, don't do this, do this. That's hot, man. Yeah, I don't know what it is with the girls. Like one of my girls, she'll do the 45 degree hyper. She probably weighs like 140, she's like six foot. And she'll, she's done, she started using the camber bar now and she'll do like 110 pounds. And I have boys that complain about like, 70 pounds like including the barbell <laughs> on there and i'm like i literally now i just record it when she does it i show it to him and i just walk away because i'm like bro <laughs> you deadlift you squat all more than her you weigh more than her and you complain oh <laughs> look matt matt forte you know he was uh he was one of the best running backs in the league for his time at the bears he oh, would yeah. schedule his training with asia because he was like asia pushes me <laughs> Like yeah. she pushes, she actually challenges me. Yeah, it's motivating. <laughs> hey, there was did a you guy train at him this morning? I did. Yeah, I trained Matt. I was That's I was cool. fortunate enough to be in Chicago when the Bears were the last time they were they were good, um, and I got to train him and and Devin Hester and Tommy oh, Harris nice. and a bunch of those guys who were just so dang um, you know athletic. Tommy Harris is one of the the freakiest athletes I've ever seen. You know, when he was in Oklahoma, he used to do barbell lunges down the turf with four hundred five on his back. I mean, that guy was right, you an me. absolute piece. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're doing my opener for lunches. <laughs> I try that shit, I'm going to break my damn ACL. <laughs> I, you know, but I always tell people, like, I don't, I think that that your job when it comes to athletes, and I think this is where Louis' wisdom uh, speaks into it so much is the accessory work, because so many of those guys were raised in a traditional powerlifting kind of collegiate structure for football, where they just squat, bench, dead, straight bar. And when you tell a guy, hey, we can safety bar squat. We don't have to straight bar. And they're like, really? Because I tore my rotator cuff last year. And then mm -hmm. last year, I pulled my bicep off. And I tore this pec. And it's like, I don't have to be in this position. No, we can use a straight bar. And we can go to a box. Yeah, we can go to a box. And we can use bands. They're like, I feel so athletic. I'm like, yes, it's OK to do all those things. 
And we can do all this accessory work that doesn't beat you up in season, sled work, band work, stuff that they had never been taught was okay to do before. They thought they need to be in there just smashing themselves, you know, basically doing old school, you know, West, uh, you know, Western periodization style barbell lifting. And um, it's just amazing how much it transforms somebody's life with simple, simple prehab and like simple sled work. It really changes the game for sure. How about the concept some people think they, didn't, they couldn't train anymore when they hurt their upper body and we still have access to the belt squat or something exactly. else? Exactly. We, yeah. give, we give a myriad of, of, of opportunities to, to do these different tools. But I hate to, I hate to cut away. I have a family that just came and I'm going to hook up with you guys again. You guys are fantastic. I'll tell you something. I hope you invite me back again. Oh, um, of course. And uh, let me tell you something. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out. Please text me or something later on if I get all your names and stuff like that. Because I like to maintain contact. Let's do something. Let's get something out there again. Um, before you bounce, before you bounce, let me ask you a quick question. Well, I want to ask everybody this question, but I'll start with you. What do you think makes people scared to use variations and bars and in, in just in general in training? They think they'll lose their technique. That's what I've heard. Yeah. They're afraid. I think they're afraid to lose their technique, but they're also afraid of something new all the time. They're just like, mm-hmm. um, they think, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get hurt because they're, they're afraid. They have a general pattern. They think they have to go straight down all the time. Because <laughs> look at guys, if they made gains in their bench press, right? They've done tricep, uh, rotating triceps forever, right? Some people will be afraid. No, oh, I'm not trying something else. But God forbid, I won't be able to do the same thing. They don't realize that variation might give them even more of a chance to do more, more things. You know, I mean, like, I'll tell you something. That's why I'm, I get goosebumps. I, people laugh at me all the time. But when I talk about this, they get excited because we have the opportunity to get out there and change a lot of things. Instead of keeping people in the same old stuff that doesn't work, they'll be benching the same amount. How about the people that all the time, they go there and they close grip 135 forever. How the hell are you going to become stronger if you don't get your triceps any stronger? Or why do you all, I mean, they use belts to the mornings. Ridiculous. Make the body stronger. I'll leave yeah, that note. I agree. You guys, listen, man. God bless you all. And, and I'll be back. So my daughter came to visit me, and I'm going to go see her, right? And I, oh, I me too. All right? Thank <laughs> you so, so much. All right? Soon. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I'll say, um, to, to, to keep answering that question about bars, you know, one of my, um, one of my business or my business partner with um, this online training app that I have is Tom Callis. And Tom was a, he's a five-time world record squat holder in wraps. He squatted 816 at 198 in wraps only. He's pretty strong. That's impressive. Um, and, you know, I can't do that shit here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he came, um, you know, Tom. Wait, does he know that his phone's still connected? He doesn't know. Let me see if I can get him. Hey, guys, I got to head out, too. You're, you're out of here? Yeah, I'm going to head out here. I got to go. Go down to the gym, take care of a couple things. Is that hey, your nice to meet you. or some is that is that you work for somebody else? So I'm a private contractor down at that gym. There's a lady, she does oh, okay, like okay. yeah, group they, classes they, or something. They do some group yeah. classes, yeah. Yeah. And I do my thing and we just basically share the rent and I'm I'm yeah, a private dope. contractor. So yeah, man, it's a good setup. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So nice talk with you guys. You the pie, yeah, absolutely. 
All right, no, bro. it was nice to meet you. I found you on Instagram. I'll be in touch. Sounds good, man. I'll follow yeah, you guys, you. too. Nice to meet you, Alex. Have a good one, man. Nice to meet you, Rachel. Nice to meet you. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you later. All right. Bye. All right, Jacob. I do want to hear what you were saying. No, I was just saying, when I met Tom, um, he was training old school Western periodization. And, like, he what on his that? squat what day, 2018, somewhere around there. Okay. And yeah, it was. And he was training like, like on his squat days, he would do like eight sets of triples mm-hmm. at like 700, wrapping his knees for every single one. Like <laughs> his, his, his biceps were so pumped, you know, by the end of it from the bar, he couldn't even like turn his hands out, just beating himself to crap. Oh, and fuck. what I told him when I met him was it, it will work. Anything, if you do it hard enough, will work for a while. That's yep. not, that's a very like low hanging fruit mm. question in terms of like effectiveness for training. You know, what, what's the right question is what's optimal, right? Like not what works right now, but what's optimal. And uh, Tom went to the hybrid performance meet um, early to early 2020, like right before the pandemic hit, it was in February and he tore his knee up and he tore his pec in the same meet. You know, he says he left Miami. He went to Miami with two knees and two pecs. He came back with one of each. Um, And then he called me and was like, will you help rehab me? Because, you know, I'm not a rehab, a physical therapist, but when you work with all these NFL guys, they're always beat up. You just have to find ways to do things. It's like, it's it's very similar to powerlifting, right? Like you just got to figure it out. And so I said, yeah, I'll help you. And we sat down, never forget it. We sat down with a whiteboard and I just drew out like wave loading, you know, waves and, and, and alternating percentages and, and max effort and, and how these things are supposed to work and how you would actually use different bars to do different, you know, to do get, get different weaknesses and how if you're going to straight bar to meet, even as a raw lifter, you can still use, I was like, the further out from a meet, the more crazy the bar, so to speak, and the closer to right. the meet, you know, the more standard the bar, and you can still get a lot of the benefits and and he just, it was just like mind blowing for him. And I don't think, I don't think we would have had a productive conversation. Well, I know, I, I knew him for about a year and a half before that. And I don't think we would have had a productive conversation if he hadn't gotten hurt. And that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, how right. they, figure it, they have to figure it out. But Tom, you know, now um, he has a camera bar, a Mars bar, a safety squad bar, <laughs> like every band, like, you know, all of that. And his last meet, he didn't take a straight bar until um six weeks out of his last meet and it was a walked out meet he did usda it was walked out in wraps but walked out and normally he's a mono guy and people talk shit like you can't walk out of squat and uh he walked out and squatted 781 or 791 in wraps walked out and he was he had 807 on the bar and he had it halfway up in his lat tour <laughs> because he oh, was twerking the bar so hard um and oh. they took it from him because they, they heard the noise and they took the bar. And he was so mad because he it was it was up. I mean, he just had to finish the lift. But anyway, and he was like, if you would have told me three years ago that I didn't have to be on a straight bar until six weeks out, I would have been like, no way. Because to your point, Khalil, like they feel like their technique's going to fail or something's going to fail in that respect. And, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunately, I think when it comes to strength training, because anybody can do it, anybody can walk into a gym and lift, you inherently think you know more than you know because it's easily accessible. It's not like, you know, if I was going to build a shuttle today, I wouldn't go on my backyard and try that. 
right? Because I don't, don't, don't have that knowledge, you know, to go to the moon or something. So I think because it's easily accessible, people assume that they know a lot. And it just unfortunately takes, it's like anything in life, right? Like, you know, I have kids and, you know, they're, they're young still, but you already see that. I'll tell them one thing and they still go do the other. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's just how life works. Like Told we're you. all stubborn. We got, we got to learn. We got to learn. Yeah. I think, I think the other thing is like, especially it's way more common with the raw lifters, like, well, like with West Side, it's like too much variation or the box squad doesn't carry over to the free or you can't be doing this. And like, I have learned that like, if you're a free, if you're a raw squatter, you should free squat more um, just because it's a very different movement that's being able to literally sit down onto the box. Whether, you, whether you're the stay tight guy or loose, relax the hips, like you're not doing that when you have a bar. So it is pretty form. But what I have learned is that your max effort days, you could do more box squatting. Then mm-hmm. you load the hamstrings, take some load off the knee, right? But you keep your stance close to the free squat. That's the biggest thing. You just want to keep your stance how it normally would be. And then, but on your dynamic days, you just do more, a lot more free squatting waves than, than a geared lifter. I mean, I mean, gear lifter, I don't know if you ever really need to do a free squat wave, but when, if you're raw, okay, now you do just more free squatting. But when it comes to, bands and chains i think it just depends on the like we talked about limb length um and the movement should you do more like i think with the raw squatting like you should do more free weight but the bar does not need to be straight that's one thing i've never seen anybody be able to tell me why i should like there's like but like it's always the i'm gonna lose technique well if you unless if you're like 10 years old still you probably already have the technique you're gonna have and it's not going to go away because you did a nine week period of doing a safety bar and a camera bar. Like you'll be fine. But I always tell people, and I think a lot of people, even if they use the bar, they don't understand what that bar is addressing. Like if you use a camera bar and you're weak in the bottom, that camera bar is going to show you how weak you're in the bottom. If you have a weak upper back and use a safety bar, it's going to be way harder than just using a straight bar. If you're weak in the triceps, and use a football bar, it's going to address the problem. And all while it doesn't be like, the bar feels like crap, but it doesn't beat up your body like a straight bar. How is that not an obvious reason why you should be using those bars? Like, yeah. And then, like we said, a few weeks out to meet, okay, you do straight bar. But then it's like, also, it's like, if they're not doing, I feel like the guys that aren't using a conjugate or a variation of it, they're not doing traction-based work. So they're not using reverse hypers and belt squats and doing mm-hmm. a lot of sled work. So they're out of shape. Their back's always messed up. Their hips are yep. usually not strong. They don't do any abs, you know, like it's shit like that where it's like, you're not even doing that. No wonder why you're beat up. You know, it's like, so yeah, it's so much of Louis stuff comes from the Russians and the Asians and martial arts and all that stuff where it's like, it's old stuff that people pretend like it's new and oh, it's crazy. No, it's really not. And it, I don't know. It's just, it's just so funny, but I would say, what well, just makes us look better, you know? So we need them to make us look good, right? <laughs> like, well, it's tell like me uh, talks about that. in super training, like we got fucked over here because of politics. So our training yeah. sucks dick because of the Cold War. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, if you if you want to stick on that road and be like, oh, yeah, you can't do any of the conjugate stuff because, you know, the Russians did. Well, look, motherfuckers, we lost all the time in the Olympics constantly. They all took <laughs> drugs, every single <laughs> one of them. And well, the Bulgarians, the Russians, all of they fucking lax the floor with us. Like you watch the Chinese weightlifting team, they crush us. 
the Jamaican yeah. sprinters, they use the conjugate system. They crush everybody. Like, nope. there's a reason they make all these fucking freaks. <laughs> yeah. She was next. Well, and to your point, Khalil, just I think Tom is such a unique um, research experiment because you're talking about a guy who is already the best squatter in the world in his weight class and who started mm -hmm. using all this stuff. Um, he doesn't box squat very often. When his knees hurt, he box squats. He box squats, um, yeah. And when he's further out from a meet, he box squats. But like that, that 12 weeks of prep, he always free squats. But um, I think... I think Louis would be the first person to say that box squatting is a tool. And if you're an athlete or a geared power lifter, there's, there's a lot of reasons to box squat for sure. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you I don't have a free squat. <laughs> I just, you know, if you're, if you're a raw, if you're a raw power lifter, then you probably have some reasons to free squat as well. And mm -hmm. I think it's just a tool and, and it's all about using the right tool at the right time. And I think that's what's so difficult for conjugate for a lot of people is they want a one step solution. And it's not that. And it, and, you know, to think it is that it just shows you how unexperienced some people are to believe that, that it's just one thing and, and that fixes it because it's, you know, the human body's in, incredibly complicated and performance is incredibly complicated. And, um, you know, you have to just use the tools in your tool belt. It's just some people like their power drill and that's all they know how to use. <laughs> yeah. I think too, it's like, we talk about like so many people, because you can have access so much information so quick and you can get a solution on your phone and everything, everything happens so fast. Not everybody's okay with being a little worse than what they maybe could be if they kept it super, super simple and did the same thing all the time. They're not so hungry for the solution. They're not willing to give up, go a little bit backwards to go forward. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, yep. it's like, you know, figuring that out is fun for some people. And for others, it's like, no, 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 no. I got to get this number or I'm not doing uh, on Instagram. It's the emo yeah, it's the emotion. Like, <laughs> I find that when people who are 100% straight bar athletes, they go over to a specialty bar and they have a less than stellar workout in their brain. So everybody gets all, <laughs> you get all in your head, right? And you start crying in the gym and you're all mad that you didn't hit this fictitious number that doesn't matter. And then when you look at it, you're like, but look at the bar you just used. That's an SSB to a box with change or band tension or maybe reverse bands, whatever we do that day. <laughs> And you hit this number, but your straight bar is 275. So you're already over your straight bar, but it wasn't what you wanted because you have a comedy resistance and that's messing you up. Like, get out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people it, can't, they can't get pat. Like, then you, you know, the way that we build it, I don't know how you, how you all program, but we do, uh, we do three different things. We do a strain overload test and we only squat every other week on max effort lower and then pull every other week on max effort lower just for longevity reasons. We obviously do okay. speed work every week. Um, and then by those, those tests are all strategic. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm pumping something up for accessories and I want to make sure that the accessories are working, I will, my test day, like bench, for instance, I'm doing a football bar into bands on Friday for my max effort upper. Cause I've been hitting 600 reps of triceps a week. And I want to see if those movements I've added in for volume are carrying over to my, to my bench. So like we, right. the way that I program and the way that we program together, my trainer partner, Mike and myself, and I program for my friend Tracy for free to get her stronger, we just build in all these kind of like strategies to make sure we're not going in the wrong direction for too mm. long if it happens. Making sure the, the volume is where it needs to be to push whatever that number is because you, yeah. or you're pushing that right kind certain of muscle group. You push that certain muscle group. Okay, it needs to carry over to this type of press, pull, or squat. Yeah. If you're doing all, so, this, all this volume on the other side of the gym and it's not carrying over to your main lifts, then 
you're just banging your head against the wall. Right. Now, you guys are squatting, what is it, two weeks in a row, then a deadlift? Is that what you're saying? No. So so our schedule is um, Sunday will max effort lower. So one week will be a deadlift variation. Mm -hmm. The week after that will be a squat variation. And then Mm -hmm. Monday, I will dynamic effort upper. Wednesday, I'll dynamic effort lower. I usually do uh, either zercher or front squat to a box every week with a combination resistance. And then Friday, we max effort upper. We just build our train. That's when our trainer partners are all there. So we just, or we do max effort weekends because everyone's around. That's the only reason why we do it that way. So at least for every, uh, every six weeks, we'll test the deadlift and every six weeks we'll test the squat to see where we're at on some Completely kind of Completely free or, or so Not free. No, okay, yeah, okay, just okay. variations. Yeah. So okay. it could be like a deficit deadlift or an SSB to a box or an SSB mm-hmm. with reverse bands, which is usually an overload for us. Uh, now, for strains, when he does the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say for strains, we usually do like into band tension or chains. And overloads like a slingshot movement, reverse bands, anything you can overload kind of the top end of the movement. And then the test is a little backed off from everything, but still a very the reason. The reason on dynamic day you're doing front squat or zercher squat is it because you have a trouble to, you're one of the people that staying upright is hard. So you're sticking to those two like all the time. I'm a crazy raw beltless lifter. <laughs> I don't wear a belt. <laughs> so, so I build my, uh, my, I do my front squat because it builds everything on my body. We figured okay, out okay. I was doing back squats for a while and I wasn't getting any stronger in the regular squat. So we moved over my trainer partner, Mike, he's like, let's try front squats. And he, we add them in and everything started to take off. So for me, front squats have the best carryover to a box okay. for, for my main lifts. Rachel, you're hardcore because I don't think I've ever heard the word searchers with accommodating resistance in the same sentence. So if you're doing banded searchers, that's uh, oh, that's shit. pretty that's pretty serious. You doing uh, a hard hard crease or you got the you got the zercher harness? No, I use I use uh, the duffel bar because it sits just above. Oh, My last zercher squat to a box, I hit 305, and I was bruised for like two weeks after. I look, I'm bruised all right here in the lower. Part we got the harness. Like, I don't do no arm crease shit no more. Fuck that. <laughs> But I got lucky. I had my back spasm at the bottom of 315 with free. Oh fuck! I don't even want to think about (laughs) that. That's 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 hardcore. I mean, the the one of the more hardcore variations I've seen recently is uh, so so like I said, I keep saying about Tom because we train together a lot. And and um, anyway, when he first started getting the bands, at one point he got he did like what a lot of people do. They did he did too much band, and then recently (laughs) he decided that deficit banded deadlifts like really help them out and make mm. sense right like it, go, it gets easier when you get to a to a normal bar to normal height or whatever but and then he said well if that's the case what if i use a squat bar deficit banded deadlift so you know like just that extra tensile strength so there's no flex at all and that's what he's been doing and him and him and uh him and cam our other buddy i think they just pulled like can pulled 650 or 700 off of a deficit squat bar deadlift like just and then the bar sticker too right so it's hard to hold on to it like, but still zercher banded no that's that's i gotta try it now you get out of groove on it's that only once in a while. Right it's, only, it's only when it gets to front squatting because <laughs> they hurt like i can only do a few weeks of them and i'm done i'm done for a good sure a good three months but i think i think you're right on the front squat i think um you know i got another buddy hooked in uh, barbell if you've ever seen that crazy guy on instagram um but you know that crazy guy also you know bench press what 540 in a full meet or something like that raw i mean that's pretty impressive that's and impressive. um you know he always says that his flat bench gets better when he inclines 
So if he does six or eight weeks yeah. of incline work and doesn't flat at all and goes back to flat, his flat bench just skyrockets. And, and to me, front squat is the incline of back squatting, right? Like it just fixes all those little things yeah. that you can kind of, you can kind of like hide in a back squat. The front squat brings it out. And um, mm-hmm. it's hard to do it because it's like a banded zercher. It's just a pain in the ass to do it. But uh-huh. by doing it like that, I think it's really smart. I'll wave the band tension too. So I'll do a front squat, my dynamic waves. I'll do, uh, I'm right now I'm going to like an 11 and a half inch box. So it's pretty low, but I'll do no bands one week, uh, one set of orange bands one week and then double orange bands the third week. And then I'll go back to no bands. So I just, are you, it. are you, are you like this or like this? Or are you with, the oh no, I'm like part? this. I'm like this. Still though. It's I brutal. Mean, I'm all scratched up all the time. <laughs> I would get, I mean, if you, have you been on a Mars bar yet? No, we were talking about getting. Yeah, like yeah we're just talking about this. I know you about we to never say. did it. Front front squat with a Mars bar, flipping it around really? so that the bar's right here. Um, you you get a lot of the benefit from the front squat. It's not the same as having it here, like clearly, but it's very close and it's incredibly comfortable. So maybe is even it's something. Thick? Does it sit up high or is it? Yeah, no, no, the Mars bar is yeah. like a backpack. It doesn't crawl. Yeah. Oh, it's rocket. It starts the SSB that chokes you. <laughs> No, it starts here. Yeah, we'll it starts that. here. Yeah, it's better. It's better than the SSB. Yeah. Okay. Way, yeah, I can't do the thing. I can't choke myself out. I cannot do it. No, 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 no. The Mars bars is. I, I would just say, for especially for your use, I would look into it because is a is a way to get out of that. You know, be, kind of getting all messed up up there and stuff. It's a, it would be a good variation for sure. It does tax the show like this position is very very hard. Like I, sure. I hurt. I hurt. I just realized. So I did front squat two weeks ago. I just realized my girlfriend asked me, what's that mark in your neck? And I've been saying, I don't know. It's because the fucking front squat. That was two <laughs> yeah, weeks ago. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, I got the big skin. So it's like, it always fucks me up. I just realized, man, yeah, fuck the front Girlfriend's squat. Girlfriend's like, sure. You don't know what that is. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she cooking for me, so I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for, for Atlas Stones, too, uh, when I used to do Strongman, front squat helped me the most for Atlas Stones. I think it's a full body builder. Like it just keeps you upright. No, it's a great lift. It's just, it's, it's hard. It's like a lot of, it, it does something. <laughs> the bracing the alone sucks, under front squat is brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I did a yeah, reverse band front squat once. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. Oh, you're good. No, I, all I use is a transformer bar. You guys are over here doing all this fancy shit, and I like. I'll just really? go. Oh, yeah, I use the transformer. Yeah. I use the transformers bar. Fucking it's just a bitch to get in the transformer bar. It's so it damn be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the handle. I want a new one where the handles come off. Have you seen that? So when they ship the uh, new ones, the I handles remove. Actually, so it's gonna like, get the new one. Yeah. yeah. And the poles don't the, fall out. We have the older one. He's gonna get a few of the newer ones. But does your yeah. if you have the older one, yours, if you fucking stand it up in like the standing racks, the fucking poles fall out and bust your ass in the face. You get the new one. Supposedly there's like a pin and everything, obviously more safety. I don't know why they didn't do it from the yeah, beginning, but they're nicer. And it's supposed no, to have, have are you gonna show us? We have yeah, that's the one we have. That's what it's we got have. its own yeah. fucking spot. And then these people don't know how to put the safety bar back because they're fucking partnership. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, no, this thing is fucking money. So much better than hassling with all that other shit. Yeah, I would say, but I would say, Khalil, if you guys don't have a Mars bar, get that first. And, well, he just, I want to say he just ordered, he just ordered two of the Transformer bars. I, he, we've been talking about, because remember I told you that 
he was like, who was, because we were talking about front squatting with bars, and he was like, who was it that said it at the seminar? I was like, it's Jacob. And I was, some reason, I was just talking about it with some one of the other coaches that that was the bar where it's like, it's, because the safety bar, obviously, still more comes in a straight bar, but the padding isn't as thick. And just because it's not long and massive like that Mars bar, it's still choking the shit. And it kills your fucking bicep. The Mars yeah, bar, the say, it kills sits, your bicep. you're not going to tear off your bicep when you're coming out. Because if you're pushing the weight, it's going to roll forward. But the Mars bar won't do that, so it's like it's better. Um, the Mars bar, the Mars bar, you could not even have arms and use it. That right, exactly. You could be armless. I mean, <laughs> I, I front, I front squatted like five forty-five or five fifty-five on that bar, and there's sure. no way I could do that with a straight bar. Like I just, it's impossible. But because because yeah. it's comfortable, and again, if the goal of variation is to you know either fix a weakness or push strength, one of the two. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be to fix the weakness. Sometimes it's just like you're saying, talking about strain, Rachel, like you just need strain. So it needs mm-hmm. to be comfortable so you can strain. Um, right. And then with the Mars not bar, distracting. Like, yeah. Right. And like the Mars bar with the good mornings and the lunges. I mean, I'm not trying to do an ad for it. I'm just saying as a bar, I think it's something good to have for a conjugate style gym. There's just a lot you can do. We were going to get one before the pandemic happened and then everything shut down. We're all going to yeah. go in on one. I'll have to ask everybody if we're still interested. Rachel, do you, guys, do you work as a full-time strength strength coach too? Who? You. Me? Yeah. Nope. I just what, what literally I train my training is a part-time job. I treat it like a part-time job. I don't miss any sessions mm-hmm. unless I'm dying from some unknown illness. And then I help <laughs> people in the gym all the time. Um for my full-time job, I work at a tech company in Boston, downtown Boston. I make videos. Okay. I manage I manage a team of content creators, animators, and video editors, and we make broadcast style content for our gigantic company that we deploy around the world. Oh That's yeah, you doing good. You doing good. I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a house this year. I'm in my office. I have a whole workout area over here. My conjugate oh, yeah. corners yeah. over there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> now you just got to get some of your employees to go in there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get with lift weights? <laughs> no no one does what i do like people they they found out i want to do pilates out of meat. like no one gets it people are like how do you why are you going to keep going i'm like well why wouldn't you i don't want to they're, I don't they, they're like but isn't your back gonna hurt and then you ask them you don't deadlift but your back hurts oh that's funny yeah <laughs> I, don't, I feel fine i'm sore but i feel fine i'm growing I'm still growing how do you guys program though regularly do you just uh, do strictly conjugate or do you mix there are some people that mix like linear and or try to mix linear and conjugate they get all fucked up. They're not recovering. They can't. Whoever wants to go going backwards. Well, I, I think it's, for me, it's two things. Um, so Tom programs himself. Like, I'm not going to tell him how to program, you know, set five world records. So I think he can figure it out. I'll just like <laughs> kind of give him, you know, give him hints and, and stuff. We talk about <laughs> theories and I let his brain do it. But he does actually a linear style conjugate. So if he's getting ready for a meet um, and he's, he's like 12 or 14 or 15 weeks out, he goes Mars bar squat because it, it's the most comfortable and it's probably the furthest off from a regular straight bar because the bar is so low on your back. Um, and, and he still does three week waves and he'll usually do like um, five threes. And in the last week he'll do sets of one kind of ascending to a heavy single. And then he switches to um, a safety squat bar. Then he switches to high bar and then he finishes with low bar. And the, the last six weeks of his programming are kind of linear where each week he needs to hit a certain weight and he needs to do back downs. 
um, because he doesn't trust himself to program out a Circumax or anything like that, which I think is actually smart. I think that's very difficult to do. Um, you know, like I think we've all tried it and it's, it's tough to, to <laughs> understand it the way that Louis does. Um, and if you're not in gear, I think it's a different thing. But anyway, um, and, and that really works well for him. For my athletes, um, our, our dynamic lower day would start with usually speed pulls and jumps. We didn't do a lot of speed squats um, because guys just weren't great squatters and I didn't have a lot of time. You know, you train like, especially the pro athletes, people act like you have them all year. It's like, you have them for like, may, I mean, you know, like you have them like 10 weeks, maybe 12, yeah. the whole year. <laughs> I mean, because they're, they're playing, A, and then they have mini camps at their football all throughout the year. They have families, they have vacation. Like, you just, I don't have time sometimes to go through all that stuff. And then our accessory work mm. for us on dynamic day was actual movement based. So we're, we're pulling sleds, we're flipping tires, um, farmers walks, like more, I would say almost more strongman style, like very movement based. And then we had like our max lower day was more traditional max lower strength work. Um, you know, even our dynamic upper day was really more hypertrophy work and with some dynamic style, like med ball work, ladder pushups, you know, stuff like that in it. So to me, it, I think it always, you have to shift the system towards, or for me, like what I'm going for, like for me personally, I still do a dynamic day and a max up per day. And similar to you, I, I, I alternate pulls and, and squats. Um, back it, when helps, I first, it helps recovery, right? Like it's, I think it helps I think recovery. Have, I think you have to. Um, I've never personally gotten a lot out of a max up or good morning. Um, I, I can do a heavy good morning. And this might just be me and like my body, but I can do a heavy good morning even after a max effort squat. It doesn't really change my weight that much. Um, because I, I always remember Louis saying like they used to do single effort good mornings and they figured out that was a bad idea. So they changed yeah. it to like three or five rep good mornings. And ever since like, to me, a three or five rep is, is not, especially for an accessory movement, like a good morning, it's almost a, how bad do you want it kind of movement? Like not like a true intensity, like 78% or whatever it is you're trying to hit. It's really um, fighting fatigue. This is really what that right. shit is when you do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but back when I first powerlifted, I used to do a max effort squat and deadlift supersetted for my max effort day. I would set both up and superset those things. Yeah. Um, it was insane. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I believed that you were in shape for whatever you trained yourself to be in shape for. And I did strongman before I did powerlifting. And in strongman, you do five max effort lifts in a day. Right, right. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. well, if I can do five, surely I can do two. And my first meet was decent. I actually, I pulled like 630 and I squatted 500. Um, but like anything, you learn as you keep going. And as you get stronger, like it's harder and harder to get yourself up for that. You know what I mean? Like it's just, you just can't do it forever. But I'm just saying like that was, I'm not advocating anyone to do that. That's ridiculous. Um, but just as a, as an interesting, as an interesting story, that was, that was it. Go ahead, Alex. You want to answer her question? Uh, so I use conjugate as like a reward. Uh, a lot of the general population people I work with, they're not at a level where they can even really do a true conjugate thing. Um, and one thing is, one of the things I've branched off and done is the conjugate tactical courses with Gus. And he gears it much more towards the general population as opposed to just being athletes, because especially a lot of the tactical athletes are more like the general population. And like with those people in particular, their job is life or death. And like they need to be able to perform at those levels high all the time, but they also need to be able to train regularly to mitigate that stress and be able to increase their threshold and stuff like that. So I've kind of come up with my own conjugate type stuff uh the more traditional things i will run myself uh, a lot of my athletes they have 
I've been messing with, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Mel Sip stuff, the auto-regulating progressive exercise that he has in super training. So I found that to be kind of like a bridge for people that maybe can't do true max effort work. If I can get them to do top triples, mm. top sets of sixes, things like that, and they can progress, you know, up to five or six weeks just doing that and adding weight, that's going to give them a better foundation, uh, especially like with what Gus said is for dynamic work to get people to build up to a high enough level of strength to actually get the correct percentages doing five by fives and stuff like that just works on raw strength is a great way to bridge that gap for them. Um, but I've found like a lot of people, they just neurologically do not have the capacity to do speed work, right? Like they think mm -hmm. that's what I, I get irritated watching people do bands on the internet and they're using red bands. I go, who the fuck is using red bands for speed work? Like that's not going to do anything for you on a squat. Like it looks cool, but that's not the recommended things that we're doing here. And it's just like, I don't think they really understand the intent behind it. Right. Because that's what makes speed work. Speed work is your intention. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with Ed Cohen when I got to meet him and he talked about never using accommodating resistance. Right. And this is one of the greatest power lifters ever. And his whole thing was though, his intent behind every rep was to move that fucking thing as fast as possible. And I go, well, that's a big indicator then that the speed work is really the mindset that you have going into the speed work that makes it so effective. It's not necessarily, oh, we use bands, bands of chains. No, if you can't mentally get yourself into that place, be able to perform at that type of level and be able to push that hard, well, then you're not going to get the listen effect that it needs. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost with the dynamic stuff, right? It's like, oh, the West Side stuff doesn't work. Well, you probably don't know how to fucking do it right. Like the bands also that people heavy. don't realize. It's probably just too heavy. Everyone wants yeah, like could... three plates and then bands and they think it looks cool, but then they're killing themselves and it's just too heavy. Perspective, how are you going to know the difference between a max effort and a dynamic lift if you don't even understand that accommodating resistance can be used on pole, right? And then like the difference between geared and not geared, like everything Louis talks about is making a freak geared power lifter for the most part. And bands, that resistance profile works exactly in unison with that suit to a fucking T. Like it gets easy at the bottom where the suit starts to pick it up and it gets harder at the top where the suit starts to ease off, right? So people are like, well, I don't understand. And it's like, well, the intent behind it needs to be different then. So like a chain is going to be a better resistance profile for a raw lifter, right? It's going to give them more of that ease at the bottom and then they're going to be able to push through and actually learn how to generate power coming out of the hole. But so like I've just messed with the last, so I've only been doing this the last uh, 18 months or so. So I started with doing it very strictly by the book. And then as I progressed and figured out, like I took a biomechanics course and went really deep in the rabbit hole of programming, I started just kind of making my own conjugate stuff where like, because at the end of the day, conjugate means using multiple systems to bring up current periodization at the same time, yep. right? So yep. as long as you're doing that, and like I've, I program for other conjugate coaches and they're like, this is conjugate? And I go, well, technically, yes, it is conjugate. Now, is it the West Side conjugate? No, but that's why it's my conjugate. Yeah, yeah, but but Louis would say that his version of conjugate is West Side conjugate. I mean, you'd be the right. first person to say that. It's not it's not conjugate. It's his right. how he's used the conjugate system for his gym. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and also I was going to ask you, um, Alex, have you have you ever done a max effort um, prowler push? No, I have not. I've that's not a good one for. <laughs> that's a good one for like tactical. Like we used to do it with our linemen because right. same thing like. Sure. I just didn't see a lot of value in loading them up for like a max effort straight bar. We go heavy on like a safety squat or reverse something, something's fairly safe, but we would do a max effort prowler push just 10 yards, low handle, you know, oh, fuck. and That's the thing awful. you're going to, the thing you're going to hear is like my feet are slipping. That's what you're going to hear a lot. 
And mm-hmm. what I found to be the case is the weaker you are, yes, the more your feet slip. It's it's yep. like it's like anything else. You're not strong enough because I had this guy Matt Tuina, who was a D tackle, and um, he had like 22 inch calves, and he low prowler pushed like 1,100 pounds for 10 yards, and he, his feet didn't slip at all. You know what I mean? Like on a lead FTS sled, like the real prowler, right. like his feet yeah, didn't yeah. slip at all. And you know, someone else who thought they were as strong as him, they couldn't even move it, and their feet kept so I was like, "Well, my feet are it's not your feet, man. Like you're not strong enough to push." When the, when the shit's empty, your feet don't slip, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, that's a that's I think that's one of the better things that that we did was you know stuff like that, like you're saying, sure. taking it and adapting it towards your population for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you like, find the neurological training. training helps with the bands? Do you find that neurologically speaking, the general population gets more I that mind muscle be an advantage but because i have the neurological capacity to be explosive for like people that i have that are say in their 60s and they're not fucking explosive to save their life then no not necessarily i don't find the bands to be that helpful in that sense what i find to be really helpful with accommodating resistance is to teach them to actually be able to hit depth with a heavy load right so that builds yeah. their confidence that way to where they're like oh this feels easy down here and then at the top they're you know 20 30 pounds heavier than they've ever had on their back and so, like, that, to me, I think is a good advantage for the general population. Um, but even a lot of times with athletes, like, if we're trying to peak, for example, we may not even use accommodating resistance until the very end because it is so highly neurologically sophisticated, right? Like, you have to be so good at that movement, for one, and then you have to be so good at generating power quickly as another thing, right? So it's like, there's two different things that we're messing with here. And if somebody doesn't have one or the other, then, well, that's just a bad, bad message. Yeah, unless they're they're open to the time <laughs> that it takes to build it, and that's you know yeah, two three yeah. years probably. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely takes time to build, it. and I find that EPRE stuff that Mel Sif came up with is a really good way to bridge the gap. It seems like right because if people are not used to taxing their nervous system at a very high level, like doing max effort every week or doing dynamic effort in the same week, then where we can progressively start to build more of a strength threshold or a stress threshold for them to be able to manage that better. That's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you know, Khalil. Um, b- before you d- go, because I do want, I do want to hear. Actually, I'm actually very interested to see your thoughts on this too, because you work with so many athletes, um, but you still dabble in that powerlifting world. But like, I just for for like this style, I'm thinking about so many things that we could be talking about. Like, it'd be cool maybe once a month if we just picked a topic, max effort, and like you've got a few of us on here, and we all just shared ideas because it's, I think it's really cool. Like. Something that keeps coming to my mind as you were talking about your older clients, Alex, is mm-hmm. is back to my roots of the Arthur Jones style, like slow mm-hmm. eccentrics. And yep. like, you know, I think that's something that's underutilized too in accessory work specifically. And there's so many benefits from that. But anyway, Khalil, I think that I think that'd be cool, man, if, if we did that like once a month, just pick a topic, accessory work. I need to do it when I did the first one, I was like, we would do it once a month. And that was before the seminar and the shit just got crazy. And I'm finishing up the book right now. So like, I just keep forgetting about it. And then like a crazy, when we planned this out, it had to be the same within the yeah. same week that Louis passed. So it was actually kind of pretty cool time, it's, but I'm, I do want to try to do this once a month. I'm just trying to, I'm but, still like in the beginning where I'm figuring out like what posts I'm supposed to do every day, what I got to <laughs> do with the kids every day. Oh, I'm adding new stuff every day. And then like between me and my girlfriend, we like, we literally bounce off ideas for like shit I could do to make it, it even more fun or exciting or stuff to make it more unique with my kids. I mean, you, 
you see like stuff that we do like it's it, my idea is that like we bounce off each other so like with stuff with the podcast like oh freak i gotta i gotta do a podcast i, I know i gotta do one shit i'm forgetting so it's like this one, I, we definitely need to do this because i think it makes it more fun where obviously it's more round table where there's more open mm-hmm. um and then you just get so many different you can address one topic topic and you can have 10 people that all use the same system and answer the question totally different. And when people listen to that, they say, well, that one person's situation sounds exactly like mine. I'm going to try that out. And that's then, what boom. conjugate is, though, right? Yep. In, a, in, a, in a nutshell, that's what conjugate is. Yeah. And people don't well, get that. You, got, you know, if you got 20 of us on a group chat and, and let's say only six people can make it, that's fine, too. You know, like if you're yeah, really yeah, yeah. this with 20, I mean, you know, yeah. don't don't feel that pressure. But I'm just saying, I think it'd be I think it'd be really cool. and and. I don't want to miss the opportunity to say this. And I've told you this many times, but I appreciate so much your contribution towards furthering the knowledge and getting people together because you're the glue, man. Like you've been the seminar <laughs> stuff like this. No, seriously. I mean, no one else is doing it, right? Like, so thank you. Yeah. Well, I got to do it as I'm less busy as some of these other older great coaches. <laughs> At least I try now. <laughs> Before it gets too crazy. Got to do it now as long as I can by myself. Then it's established. Then I can have like some type of manager to manage it. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. we'll have better lighting and stuff like that eventually. You know, <laughs> shit like that. The bougie stuff will be added later. <laughs> I'll start editing for you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's got to stay raw and gritty, man. You can't make this fucking. This is not a funny <laughs> thing. I, I tell people when they come on pod, I say, "Bro, I don't edit this shit, so please just know that what you say is going to stay. Partly because right. I don't know how to do it. Number two, I don't care." <laughs> but i think i, I think mean, a lot of that is is why conjugate hasn't ever been fully embraced is exactly what you're saying because all of us yeah. care about what matters which is our, yeah. our clients like that's what we <laughs> yeah, really yeah. care about and yeah. the the stuff like racial i mean you can speak to this all day long this the how it looks how it's presented the brain like all that matters so much when you're talking about selling stuff and yeah. everybody that I know who's really conjugate isn't about selling. They're about fixing and, and improving. Correct. And yes, selling is a part of it. Don't get me wrong. Everyone has a, li- a certain living. And if you're a strength coach, for sure you do. And, and we can, I think we can learn a lot of lessons there. But I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of why we're not as quote unquote popular because we haven't taken conjugate like and packaged it up in this really nice presentable. Hello, welcome to Conjugate Training 101. Mm-hmm. Like we just haven't, no one's done that because I think- Oh no, that was the original Louis VHS tapes though, back in the day. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah. That's so, I have not touched that yes. DVD that they sent me with that special strength certificate. I read all the books. I have not watched that fucking DVD one Bro, time. you need to watch those DVDs. You need to watch movies. it. You gotta, you are, it's fun. No, it's- Half of it, you're gonna be like, man, I gotta work out, and the other half, you're just laughing at the shit that Louis, like when Louis, like low key talking shit about people, and he makes that face, like you know I'm right, right? Oh, you will fall out your chair. I'm well, that's, you. that's like watch. the USAPL tangents that he has in the books. He just goes on a fucking rant about how terrible <laughs> they are. They're like, Wait a second, I thought we were just learning about accessories. What just happened here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't do accessories in USAPL. Yeah, <laughs> they fold do over like guys... lawn chair in the squat. Are you guys all on the East Coast? You said what? Are you guys all on the East Coast? Jacob, are you on the East Coast? Yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm guys, in Chicago. Do you guys have to deal with the Mark Ripito shit out there? Or is that just because I'm in Colorado that I hear about this fucking idiot all the time? I forget about his stuff. What is he about? What, what is his? He is his the SPD guy. Like, that's him. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The start, like, Louis fucking hated him so much that he's like, this idiot doesn't even know what starting strength is. Like, he named yeah, his whole yeah, program yeah. starting strength, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to him. He's like, there's no way. But yeah, like, a lot of like, the that, SBD lifters don't come to our gym anymore. I like, you, you, you see, like, they, they come in and then they just don't last because of the way that we train and how everybody's getting stronger every week. And they're just starting to go backwards and then they just move on to another gym. Or if they do come in, they see what we're doing and realize that there's a better way. If you're looking at a bunch of lifters all over 40 and you're thinking, you guys are all strong as shit. What the hell am I doing wrong at 25? You're going to start asking questions if you want to get stronger. And that's yeah. kind of what we show at our gym. All, like, my, all my training partners are over 40, with the exception of one who's 35. And they're all strong as shit. A guy, a guy today, he was, he's two weeks out from his meet. He's multiplied. He's 55. I think he currently weighs 146. He squatted 615 today for a single. 615. And it flew. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and he's little. <laughs> Four times his body weight. No big deal. Keeping it light. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, um, I was like, I was lucky enough to like the gym that I used to run was private. It was appointment only. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about that. And then now I, I actually don't train in person hardly ever anymore. It's very rare. Um, okay. So that I don't have to deal with that crap. Um, yep. but, um, I'm with you. Cause when I was at, when I was at Barbell Brigade, again, especially during that time, it's when like Mark Bell was popular and, and everybody was starting to power lift, you know, most of the gym was 45 minutes of foam rolling and then an hour and a half of squat <laughs> oh deadlift. God. And I was just like, <laughs> man, you know, 45 um, minutes of foam rolls. Oh yeah. That's, that's Four, important. Full body mobilize. massage. Yeah. You gotta, you, gotta mo- you gotta mobilize. I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness. If, if foam rolling and stretching fix everything, we would all be fixed by now. But, um, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm for some, I'm for some of it, but you know, you gotta, you gotta work out at some point, but anyway, um, I just, think, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's so much of it social and, um, to your point, Rachel, I think it's intimidating for a lot of people and it's not intimidating because we make it intimidating. It's intimidating because it's different. And I just think inherently like the way is going to be, you know, narrow and small and not a lot of people are going to always follow. And until somebody comes along, who's like a similar, like mind as Louie, but they're, they present it in a way that, I mean, Louie always says, right. Like often imitated and always irritated. Like he did, he loved it. He loved you know, some people like me, like I like to be liked. Like I just, I can admit that about myself. I don't like conflict. I don't like, I don't enjoy that. And like Louis, I think thrived off of it, right? Like let's fucking start a fight so we can max out. Like let's go. That's probably what drew me to it so much. Like, right. So I, I think maybe in the next 10 or 15 years, you know, it might shift, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know because I think eventually sleds and and bands and chains and boxes are all going to get drawn into this just world of strength and though it's just like some people do it some people don't i, I think yeah. you know in terms of actually being conjugate it's still going to always be this niche ex- not extreme but like kind of off to the side the people you know what what do you always say if you know you know mark always says that right khalil if you know you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's <laughs> un- that's just how, that's just the way it's going to be I think the biggest complaint I get about people who don't want to do true conjugate, like with a common resistance is they don't, they say they don't want to take up the time it takes to set the bands and chains up. And oh, I'm Jesus like, Christ. it's, it's, and the math. it's the math too. People don't want to do math. Fuck. So you know how much stuff weighs? Oh my God. What are we going to do? 
Right. Yeah. Whatever's going to happen. We have them set up in our gym. We have a rack with a scale that's permanently there on a pulley, so you can bring it. So you have to pick the chains oh, up. Jesus. You just bring the wow. pulley down. Like <laughs> we're legit. Could you make it any easier? <laughs> and well, people but, don't, oh, it's too long. But they'll yeah. they'll do the math from uh, kilogram to pound, so they can use red green plates. So. USAPL for life, baby. Well, by the way, by the way, on USAPL, I competed in the state USAPL championship in California and Illinois and got second in both as like a West Side Conjugate guy. And both meets, I was was beaten by a specialist, which you just, you know, you all see the memes about it. Like the one meet, um, I was, I weighed in at like two, two, I think USAPL, the cutoff is 265 or something. Um, so anyway, I was, I was like 257 or whatever I weighed and the guy who beat me opened in California, I outsquatted him. And I think we tied on deadlift, but he opened on bench at 501 open. That's, that's impressive. And then, and then same thing in Illinois at the state championship there, I was leading by a hundred pounds going into deadlift and the guy who beat me opened at 780. I mean, I, what, do you, what do you like? What are you gonna do? But the point is, is like I, I used to tell people all the time, like it works for USAPL too. It works for anything if you if you if you train hard and know how to use it. Well, and like when you talk about the super training, if you go into the dynamic correspondence, the dynamic systems theory, and you apply that to the conjugate system, it's like, oh fuck me, this is you have the blueprint to figure out how to work it for anybody. Problem yep. is nobody wants to understand dynamic system theory. Nobody wants to understand yeah. dynamic correspondence. So like, what does amplitude mean? What is that? Like, read a fucking book, man. Nobody <laughs> wants to open super training. I'm so stupid. <laughs> when they send it to me, like the 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 fucking thing they tell you to walk through it, they literally tell you to read the whole book of super training. And yes. I like I made it through like half of it, and my coworker's like, dude. Just go understand dynamic correspondence and dynamic systems theory. That's all you need to really know from that. I go, God damn it. I just read like 200 pages of this like <laughs> every day for an hour. I'm sitting here stuffing my mind of this science and I didn't need to know it. Like, God damn it. I went front to back and there was, I was trying to do the skim and like go back and forth. I just went front to back. Once I, yeah, once but- I had it paid for, I finally did it. But bro, when I first got it, it, it was like, I read it, I read the first hundred pages in probably like a month. I would do like 10 pages every other day. And then I didn't pick it up for nine months. And then I banged <laughs> it out in like three months, the rest. But yeah, that I mean, shit's rough. <laughs> it's a great encyclopedia, but front to back. Yes. <laughs> um, but back to Rachel's original question when you asked about program and conjugate, like I think I just do different very like I kind of have like an idea of what I do with gem pop that just want to kind of maybe gain muscle and get stronger powerlifting and then my athletes so like with the gem pop people that want to get stronger and like like i have one guy he wants to get stronger put muscle and he wants to be in shape for when he transits to do jujitsu right so that's a lot of fucking different things <laughs> and that's a lot when you're coming from like not being in shape but like for him we do a lot more um two days a week where we do one day like five by threes four by threes usually straight weight another day more like four by fours five by fives a little bit more volume a little less of a percentage but most days both those days we're usually working up to a top set so we're still working we're doing that auto regulation i don't do many am wraps with them sometimes on the bench we will 
on the day that would have been max effort. Um, and then basically every three to four weeks, then we'll test his like original three rip max on the bench or original safety bar box squat. But like with that population, free squatting, almost never. Like it's, we use the winning belt squat basically for the free squat variation. And then usually after like four, like after that testing week, I'll do like how Jacob likes to do like a lot of uh, max effort slitter, max effort howler, or because he's gem pop, he's going to go on vacation, something like that. I'll work him way back where it's accessories only. The next week is max effort prowler or a slit. And then that third week is like the first week where he's actually going to do like a three or five rep max. Um, accessories though, because he wants to put on more muscle, it's more intensive. So I do a lot more. Um, I'm a big fan, uh, fan of like mountain dog. So we do strip sets, drop sets, ascending sets, um, cluster sets, stuff like that. There's more tempo work in there because he can be sore because he literally only works with, works out with me four days a week. Um, my powerlifters um, only have two that work underneath me, and, and the three of us are all raw, so we do a lot more free squatting. Um, there's more three and five rep maxes. Um, the accessories are still pretty high, and we still do like a lot of reverse hybrid, a lot of belt squat, a lot of sled. Um, but uh, I do – so like right now I'm working with Joe Lasco the dude that used to do the stats at Westside. And I basically just tweak the stuff that I do from him to the guys that I have. Like, so we have different weaknesses, different muscle groups that are lagging. So I kind of tweak it like that, but I like what we do like three or three to four variations for lower and upper body max effort days. And then you cycle through where one week uh, you do a three rep max. Then when you come back to that same variation, you beat it for reps. And then the, the, after another three weeks, you come back, you try to beat it for the same amount of reps with more weight. Um, and I've found that the body hasn't been too beat up, but uh, the weights have gone up and then the accessories are like pushed like crazy. Now with the athletes, it's like almost totally different. Like um, a lot of times their sprint or their jump, that's their max effort of the day comes before they squat or deadlift. And then a lot of times they're doing three to five rep maxes Monday, Wednesday. And then that depends on the kid. So like I tell people all the time, I make like literally in my Google Docs, it's like athlete week 33. I print that out per kid. And then every day I'm scratching shit out or editing. So like I may say yeah. on there, uh, sumo deadlift, two, three, four, five rep max. And then on that kid's sheet, I circle which one there they do based on their readiness. And then I'll say uh, box height or block height. So some kids are going to pull off the floor. So I write that. And some kids it's a two, four or six block pull. Right. And then also like for their jumps, like some kids are going to do more depth jumps. Some kids are not ready for depth jumps at all. Um, some kids are jumping twice a week. Some kids are jumping four times a week. Um, some kids are jumping twice a week maximal. Some kids are jumping four times a week maximal. And some kids are jumping once a week maximal. And the other three days are like bounds and plyo swings and stuff like that. So that's where it's like their variations are in there. But with accessories with the kids, the accessories stay the same for like two to three weeks. Because guess what? After three weeks, they forgot what lat pull down is again. So, like, they're needing to master stuff. They're mm -hmm. in that stage where, like, when we say we don't want to actually go away from a bench, it's actually true. Like, we don't want to go away from the – well, I don't want to go, like, some of my eighth graders that I have. I can't go from a straight bar after their first three weeks and then go to a football bar. They forgot how to use a straight bar when I go right back to it. So, what I usually do is do – it may be five sets of three, then after three weeks, it's four sets of four – then it's five, six, five, and maybe, maybe we add a chain. 
But their second day, if they're in eighth grade, guess what? They don't have any muscle. So they're doing six by sixes and eight by eight. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. so that's where, and like um, speed work is only for my older kids that play a lot and are in season. If they're out of season or don't play a lot and they have no muscle, I'm going to do five by fives in the squat. And I'm trying to do 75 to 80% in for a six meters per second because we have a 10 new unit, right? And then it's a whole bunch of sled work, bamboo bar work, ATP, reverse hyper, stuff like that. So that, and I think the difference with training kids, especially young kids versus like pro athletes and college kids, more than not, you're dealing with people that have one or no injuries. Their testosterone is through the roof, whether they're boy or girl. You really got to be an idiot and try to hurt them. So they can do a lot more <laughs> straining and AMRAPs and stuff like that. Because they and they also just need more time under the bar. Like I found that. When, well, they're baby deers. Like they're just they, there's yeah. no. Part of part of their training is learning how to train, learning yeah. how to do like just walking around the gym, learning how to spot, learning to remember to ask. Oh, ask for a spot coach so I don't die on the bench. I literally they're struggling with the bar, looking at me. I said, "You were supposed to ask, weren't you?" You know, I mean? like you know, it's, a, it's stuff like that where it's like, and that's why like. I've been trying to push to getting more fifth, sixth, and seventh grade because if in high school, basically I'm writing programs and spotting, that kid is so far ahead of the sophomore, junior in high school that comes to me and still has has had no experience or it's the football coach at high school. Like that kid that started that early, way more likely to get a scholarship. And they're probably not going to have the injuries that the high school kid is because he's been lifting with his LA fitness friends or he's done weight room class, you know? So, um, and the emphasis got to be on, beating their maxes more without a barbell it has to be their jumps and their sprints so like once a month we're retesting their 10 yards or their 20 yards if you if we had access to 40 yards for their laser times and then once a month no step no uh because we do a lot of dumbbell jumps no dumbbell like has their one step their no step um if they play football has their broad jump got better you know because some kids they only need to squat 300 to jump 40 inches and some kids they need to squat four or five so like some kids, they get to 300 and it's like, okay, well, what's our 40 to 60 yard sprint? Okay. Now we got to push your deadlift because your hamstrings and glutes are weak, you know? So do we really need to push your squat as much? Ah, we can really attack those quads and hips with more Bulgarians and step-ups and stuff like that, you know? So, and that's a lot of that's come from, I don't know if you guys know a bird, Brandon Bird, a bird sports performance and Jared Bittany yeah. who owns explosive again. I kind of always tell people, I kind of try to take from both of them and I'm kind of, I kind of make it my own. Like Jared, all he wants to do is bench, do pushdowns, and only do vert mat and back squat. But Bird, he does a lot of sprinting and a million different variations of jumping. So I kind of go in between, right? And they've been doing it longer. So that's, you know, uh, that, that's, that's basically how I program those because those are my three main populations. I don't really have anybody. Like, I don't have an Olympic lifters. I don't have any tactical right now. I don't have any CrossFit. I don't have any strongman. It's just, Two powerlifters, a few gem pop, and then everybody else's team. It's a whole bunch of teams for people. So, yeah. You're running a giant experiment right now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what literally what that is. For school? No, no. I would never work for school. I can't. Hey, Khalil, do you have your grappler do a lot of strongman stuff at all? Well, so I have two kids that are wrestlers slash football players. And then what what was the actual question? (laughs) Do you make them do a lot of strongman stuff? Well, I've actually started doing, and I felt like I was missing in my program with all my kids, more farmer's walks, 
Um, I don't really do much like med ball. I mean, I, I would never have a kid do stone. Um, but the yoke, we have a yoke. The problem is that most of my kids can't walk and chew gum. So I've done it with some of the kids that are like 17, 18, been with me for a while, strong, coordinated, instead of a max effort sled or prowler as their active deload, but they're still doing max, they've done a yoke. But we do more uh, single arm and uh, both arm farmer carry stuff with either um, dumbbells or kettlebells. But the medicine balls type of stuff that would replace kind of like your stonework, I do a lot of that in the ATP. So we do a lot of marching uh, underhand style, okay. um, volleyball, basketball overhead, um, sometimes maybe one arm alternating each side. Um, but I don't do too much. Like I do more strongman stuff with me and my powerlifters um, because sandbag I think the conditioning really has, but and the problem is that our only sandbag is like 250 pounds. So. Yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a, but we have medicine balls up to 100, so we'll do more. We do more med ball stuff. Um, but yeah, like we, uh, with the athletes, it's a lot of it is getting them used to training, um, getting used to just doing something enough where they can remember it. Where when five people are asking me one question, I have a new kid, it doesn't delay the whole session. Um, and then just them getting used to being in the gym. So I try to keep it as basic as we can and every week and one of those days I'll introduce something that's like maybe it's a it's going to be a five minute conversation piece because it's always fighting they got there late they got to leave early they're destroyed from their practice at school so it's like when you're battling those things you can only do so much like oh we're going to throw on bands today hey coach what a bands do again can you give me the whole background when when they were invented how do they do hey coach was I supposed to put the bands on the outside of the bar, or the inside of the bar? Hey, coach, is it okay if it's loose at the bottom? Oh, wait, coach, this bit, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's stuff like that where it's like, I got to keep it where this session can flow through because there's supposed to be three people in this squat rack. I got a new assessment while I'm training you guys. And the, the five that have been with me for a while, some reason can't remember where this, that, or the other thing goes or comes from, you know? So it's like, it's stuff like that. They're playing like, you. They're playing yeah. you. <laughs> My, my uh, I love it. I love it. My favorite thing with the with the bands and like the younger group is you tell them all the time. Now, when you take the bar out of the rack, small <laughs> slow steps, right? Small slow steps. Every time, there's one who just yep. <laughs> like every time. Bam, bam. <laughs> oh, there's a box. It's already there. Bands on squats. How do you set the bands up? For what? Squats. Like when you guys squat in the rack. I've found that like the triangle the style is like really almost the only way you can really do it. Like you need to do it, to you know, where you double underneath your band peg and then you loop it through and it looks like a triangle. Like, oh, when you do the, yeah, because when you do that single, like, I don't know if you guys have the squat rack where you have the holes on the bottom, so you use two band pegs. If you just take it and loop it underneath and then you go straight up, more often than not, unless the person's really tall, the tension's loose at the bottom. And then sometimes also the band is sliding to the left and the right of it. So it's never perfect under. But if you do that triangle, all you got to do is the band that's not the part of the band that's not actually going onto the bar. You're just moving it up and down to make more or less band tension. And that's really it. Like it's, it's also just the easiest to make sure the bands are even, at least in the standpoint of like how they're wrapped on those band pegs. So I just double them. I wrap them around the bottom and I just double them and bring them up. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I, I double them too. I just do that backwards fucking L shape, so it literally yeah. wedges you back into the fucking box. 
there's nothing you can yeah, do. You gotta stand up. <laughs> like I say that's why. Yes. That's why I like I like triangle, and I set the I set the you know the point coming out of triangle where with wherever I want the squat to be. Bar, yeah. So that it, yeah. it pulls yeah. them into that right line, and like you can double it if as long as the the band isn't too thick. But like you know, you get like you get into like the greens or the blues, like you can't double, you can't double those. I just yeah, use a micro orange and a micro to pull that shit up. Right, purples. So I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> I done, use purples I've at Westside. I thought I was gonna die. I, I thought I, I was gonna die to that lights. day. <laughs> I, with Tom, when he was first getting into that stuff, he was doing blues, and I said, "I'll do it with Jesus. you, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna take the weight." I mean, well, he's an 800 pound squatter, right? Like he should yeah, be on blues, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, True. So I was like, "I'll do it with you, so we don't have to change it." But I will. I'm gonna take those straight weight down. So it's basically just doing super band squats. And it right. was hard as shit. It was so effing hard. Bounced but everywhere. coming out of that wave, I was really strong. Like when I went back to straight weight, it was I was actually really strong. I'm like, hmm, this oh, is like really? that. Yeah, well, it's like on. that kind of have Chuck Vogelpohl thing. Have y'all oh. done cambered bar bands from the front back squats? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that bitch will make you get tight. <laughs> the shit's already swinging down the part the of the front. top squat. Is that, yeah. is that what? I've only done the banded deadlift from the front. I can't imagine a fucking angel bar. Oh, you do the forward is, pulling bands from the front too on pulls? I just, did, yeah, I, I live on I've those. I've done them, yeah. Yeah, they're they're rough. Like that I did, one, I did my, a variation today for the wagon wheels. Yeah, my problem is walking uh, So like those pulling forward, when you try to fucking drive your hips through, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're let, so hard. Let me ask, let me ask all this and then I, I got to run. Um, have you ever done um, a max effort band squat only my oh, friend no. my training partner has tried to do that but his name's dexter he's psychotic he said the first day he was there louis made him do band only max effort deads he's like what? i thought my fucking spine was gonna pull out of my body like, <laughs> yeah. it was like they just loaded fucking blues on there i was like here you go it was like fucking five or six something at the top he's like it was the worst feeling i've ever had in my life he also yeah. told me louis would make him do 100 rep maxes on the fucking reverse hyper and shit like what he's like yeah just 100 rep max uh i have a co-worker that was originally worked there. his name's cooper napoli he interned at that site and did like he graded all the tests while he was there basically was louis but, trying like, to kill louis, him yeah yeah literally <laughs> he's he would make him go work out with the women because he wasn't strong enough <laughs> I've done the hundred rep um, with the kids, like trying to see just as, but it's not like you're, it's more like, like both sides be like, all right, start with just a strap. See if you can do a hundred straight, but they'd be right. done. It's just one set. And then yeah. maybe four or five weeks from then, then they try it again and maybe add a five, but not like, <laughs> he probably put on a bunch of weight on that shit. Yeah. And probably no, did it 30 was... reps and then Louis like, you're out of shape. <laughs> Louis subtracts the Bulgarian method a little too much. And I don't think people understood that. Like, that's why he had the freaks he had is because, well, he's going to run you through the fucking ringer and make you quit. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't have to pay to be there, but you've got to pay in fucking pain to be there. Like, you're not, like, and the longevity is like five years tops, and then they're gone because they're just broken. Yeah, the, the way he did it. Yeah. Well, you listen to like Kenora talk about it, and he's like, man, I remember working with Louie and I see these old guys and he's like, that was one of the greatest lifters I ever knew. And he goes, I don't want to fucking look like that when I'm old. Right. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. All right, I got to jump too. It was nice to meet all of you.
Nice yeah, it's nice man. to meet y'all. Khalil, thanks for setting so, this up. Yeah, of thank course. you, Khalil. I'll, I'll, I'll keep this chat going so the next time I make a post, I can just add whoever wants to come on next time and I'll try to – let's just do it next month. Just yeah, try to remind me because I just forget. Who do I have to text? Who do I have to text? Who was I supposed to message trying to come on the pod off? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, guys. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'll, I'll definitely, we'll definitely be doing this next month. Yeah, maybe we'll do max effort. Oh, we yeah. talked about this a lot. I don't know. You know what? You know, here I got a better topic. Topic: speed bench. No, no, dynamic speed squats and speed bench versus straight weight. I think that's a big because a lot of conjugate people are like they do one or the other. Still, kind of doing that higher volume day, but a lot of people it's bands and chains, and other people it's not at all. I think that's a oh, yeah. you could say, well, what's the why is behind that? Like, right. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Down. Whatever preference is, right? <laughs> what's going to make you grow? What's going to make you stronger? Yeah. What's going to put muscle I, on we you? We could also just do like when I make the post about doing another one and then I add those people in, then it could just be like, well, what's a topic you guys want to do? We can just vote on and then we can do it because I don't really care as long as we're all talking about something. It's going to be fun. Yeah. This is fun. All right. All right, y'all. All right. Enjoy your Sunday. Bye. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Hey, Khalil, what time do you want to meet on Tuesday? Probably eleven thirty. I gotta right. see. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm gonna fucking live Monday. I may have to just take off because that damn deadlift from Friday when I max out fuck me up. Yeah. I'm supposed to do deficit deadlifts on fucking Monday. So Oops. I'll probably just they'll probably just rest on Monday and just do the other shit. Do FRC on Tuesday. Yeah. All right, man. Well, just hit me up. And let me know. All right, bro. I'll see you. Cool. Take it easy. Peace. Well, that's all she wrote for this pod. I'll be uploading the video version to uh, YouTube. I know you probably heard in the end how it kind of just started out of the whim because I, of course, once again, forgot to hit record on Zoom until it was like 20 minutes into the podcast. So you still got like the chunk. Most of it was just like introductions in the beginning um, and finally getting him uh, on Rion. Um, but uh, also just before we leave, you know, you know, just as we talked about in the pod, you know, rest in peace to Louis Simmons, who without him, many of us like myself, wouldn't be either a strength coach. I mean, I've heard some people, which I know that come from Westside, like would be like in jail or dead. Um, so many of the big time gyms and lifters who have basic sex for businesses, they probably wouldn't exist. So, I mean, he's impacted strength and conditioning so much. Um, I mean, when it happened Thursday night, um, you know, I, I literally just sat there and cried for like 30 minutes straight. I uh, didn't say a word. Um, Friday was supposed to be dynamic day. And I said, fuck that. And I did a max effort sumo pull. Got a two pound PR. So I went from 680 to 682. But I was still feeling it <clears throat> today. And I was supposed to do deficit stiff leg sumo deadlift. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. So I did a 20 belt squat. Previous max was 550, only got uh, and missed at 495, I think. No, it was my central derby so, so fried, but, man, I can't focus. It's like, I can do the accessories, but it's like, I feel like I'm maxing out. I'm just thinking about Louie the entire time, man. It's, this shit is rough. I only got to meet him the one time, um, but, you know, I, I really wish I would have got to interview him. I didn't get to have him read my book, you know, um, you know, a lot of people didn't even get to meet him, so I, sh- I know I should be glad. And it's not like I'm one of these guys that spent, you know, 15, 20 years or whatever plus knowing him, but 
you know, I, I basically owe my career and, you know, I'm not like bragging, but you know how, how good I am now and how good I will be is all because of him. So yeah, man, this is just rough. I, I'm, I'm trying to get myself out of, I'm, I'm in a pissy mood all day. This is just rough. I mean, I've, I've lost some people in my life that obviously are blood and this feels, I've never been this impacted by it. You know, I just, and it's, I, I think it's just because I'm constantly uh, thinking about him because, I mean, obviously, because I've worked as a strength coach, I'm in the gym. And because I run a conjugate style, every time I'm doing a reverse type, every time I'm doing a belt spot, every time I'm marching, every time I sled pull, every time I use bands, every time I use chains, every time I train the kids, it's a constant reminder, you know. It's a constant reminder to do more, but it's because it's such in the early stages, like, I just feel like I'm ready to break down every fucking 10 minutes, you know, like it's hard talking about it, it's hard watching videos. Um, you know, it just fucking sucks. Louie was one of the most intense people in the gym, one of the craziest, most baddest motherfuckers. But if you went to visit that gym, wanted to visit that gym, wanted to learn, that motherfucker was going to spend extra time with you, was going to pay for your dinner, was going to pay for your breakfast. And I can't say the same for most people in that same position at that high level. They're charging you God knows how much. And, you know, people say, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. But, you know, that's that's not a business thing to do. But maybe his business is so successful because he's one of the few people that actually went about it like that. So great, but so willing to give at the same time. So hated, like Rachel was saying, but so respected at the same time. You know, like I said, you know, people may, may not be using the conjugate system or may just not like conjugate, but it's hard to debate now that you shouldn't belt squat. It's hard to debate that you shouldn't use reverse hyper, inverse curls, plyo swing, hip quad, hip add, static dynamic. A few other pieces that I know was coming out, the MR19, like he was so innovative programming wise, analyzing individual athletes and as an inventor, I mean, and then so willing to give. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, my, you know, my goal is is not only to be a great strength coach, but pass on the knowledge that he did. But, you know, I'm not trying to be as crazy. While I'm kicking people out of the gym every single time I can. But as far as passing on the knowledge, I'm not also an either inventor. But writing, giving away, giving my time to people, like that's why I think he impacted people so much because he didn't have to be as giving as he was, as he was, but he was anyway. Um, despite probably what people told him all the time, probably told him, what the fuck are you giving away all this free shit? But you know, that's, that's moving. And I, I think people now are, are realizing more and more how, how much he mattered and how much he impacted them, whether they were a conjugate follower or not, you know, um, uh, as always, give the give this podcast a, a thumbs up, leave a review, subscribe, share it with your friends. Um, you know, support your boy. Pre-order the book through the link tree in my bio. I'm, it's in the last. It should be in the last final um, editing process. Um, I'm actually probably going to be finished with the cover this week. Um, everything's looking really good. Um, yeah, man. This, this is this is rough.
Ezra. Alright. Well, as always, lift some fucking weights. Fuck lin the fuck the linear mafia. Love you guys. Stay clean. Peace.